Welcome to the Undraped Artist Podcast. You should know that this episode was also recorded in video and can be watched on our website at theundrapedartist.com and also on YouTube at the Undraped Artist Podcast. Also, check out our show notes to learn more about today's guest. I hope you enjoy the show. Rose Franson, welcome to the Undraped Artist Podcast. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> hey, tell me this. If I pound, can you hear? I can hear you. Is yes, that icky? I can hear is it. Is it icky? What's that? Is it icky? Icky, the pounding? Yeah, is it icky for your hearing? Do no, you no, it's it? fine. No, it's fine. Okay. Go ahead and pound. I started, it's, my, it's my new thing. I'm starting to pound tables to, make, to emphasize. Oh, more. good. Well, pound away. It's all good. <laughs> Pound away. <laughs> and I'm going to put my hand underneath the table right now and hold them together so I don't pound too. Just right. don't hit the just Hi, don't hit the camera. Hey Rose. Okay. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's super good to have you. I've you know, well, you know because we've been talking back and forth, but I've been looking forward to yours like so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um yeah. well, Jeff, we you're we're big fans, Chuck and me, but I'm a big fan of you, you know. Yeah. But I had to put Chuck in just so everybody knows it's and it's Chuck is upside. your husband, just in case people he don't is, know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. So there are some things I don't know about you, but I'm going to ask you some things. Obviously, we know each other. So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions that I already know, but the audience doesn't. But, okay. but what I don't know about you is I really don't know a lot about your childhood and where you came from and how you got into art. So maybe we could start there. Well, it's fun. I mean... I, I really don't like to tell this part of the story anymore because I've done it so much. I almost feel like it's kind of rote, but I'll tell you really quickly. I grew up in the town that I'm in today. Okay. This town called Pocara, mm -hmm. And I'm one of six kids. My parents, my dad was a, my dad was a commercial photographer, right? So like he'd do family portraits and weddings and stuff like that. So how did I become an artist? Is that the other question? Yeah. How did, how did you end up as an artist? Yeah. I, I wanted to be an artist since I was seven, but I didn't really even know what that meant. I just like to make stuff. I have always, always liked to make things, right? Like I used to, even before I knew that there was this thing called found object art, Yeah. I used to walk around. I think it was because my mom did this, uh, had this tops club, which was like a diet club. Mm -hmm. When I was really little, we would go there and they would have a meeting. And I remember, um, at the at night there was there was somebody who made a turtle with rocks and stuck rocks to it to, you know other uh -huh. rocks for the legs and stuff yeah. in the head yeah and i don't know if it was if we did it when we were kids with this 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 meeting they did it to keep the kids entertained while all the women had their meeting i don't know if we made them or if we just if i just saw them at this meeting okay okay i've never told this story before this is the first time i've ever good told this exclusive <laughs> <laughs> but but it was like i was absolutely fascinated that rocks were turned into something else and in this yeah. case it was a turtle right and I remember or maybe it was a ladybug but it was like a turtle because it was red and black now i think it was oh geez that was probably a ladybug yeah. but anyway remember the coloring really and i remember the legs and this stuff and i was like oh that was seemed like the coolest thing 
in the whole world to me. Like, <laughs> and so I used to go around my neighborhood and find objects that it, like we, we lived on the edge of town, not really on the edge of town, but there were places in our town by our house that were like empty fields or like there had been earlier, like just like, and so you could find stuff, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like things are probably junk, yeah. you know? I, and so I would find little objects and I would save them and put them in boxes because I was going to put them together to make something. Right? You mean just like that, pieces of wood or pieces of glass or, or just whatever? Anything, pieces of glass, pieces of like metal, anything, any little really? object, any little thing, right? And I would just like, I had boxes of them underneath my bed to put together to make like ladybugs or turtles. You oh know, gosh, that's like, adorable. That's <laughs> my parents also, you ever heard of a grotto? Do you know what a grotto no. is? No. What's so that? a grotto is like a, um, it's sort of, the, let me just say it this way. It, it's a, in the one I saw, I'll describe it that way. Cause I don't really know what a grotto is, but I'm grew up Catholic. Right. And mm -hmm. my parents used to take us on these Sunday trips and, uh, um, to see some priest who kind of went kind of totally was I don't know. I'm going to say he kind of probably was a little crazy, mm -hmm. but he really wasn't. But he took this entire uh, building or built this entire building out of rocks, like little pieces of rocks. And then he embedded objects inside of it. And it's like a prayer. It's like a chapel. It's like an outdoor giant chapel with seashells and all these objects from all of. And it turns into this big, just Google one. They're like, okay. it's all and stuff. It, it's all like, and then he would make little shrines to things and stuff right hmm. so it was the shrines and god it was like rocks and shells and little jewelish like things you know what i'm saying just any and he'd stuck them all into this cement or something probably like a uh what's that called when you when you make a mosaic right it's like a form like, of mosaic okay. really three-dimensional and turned into buildings right and they're usually chapels okay they're like forms places where you go and you pray right huh. so when I, my parents took us and saw we saw one of this and it was gigantic it's like one of the biggest grottos in the midwest okay and i wanted to become a saint and, go to the <laughs> and, and i was gonna in one of the pastures not by the by the house and that was what i wanted to do with my life i'm just gonna go be a saint and pray in the grotto and i was gonna make the grotto with all those objects so oh, it's like that's like one of my earliest memories before oh, I mean a painter. Like I never even thought about being a painter. I just wanted to be an artist, a person who made stuff all the time. Right. 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 Yeah. That's... That's, how, that's how I started, you know. So you said seven. What was what is it about seven or what happened when you were seven that makes that such a clear number? Uh, you know, I don't know if it was seven okay. that it was no no no, it was definitely seven. I don't know that it was anything about being seven that made it clear. Oh, okay. I just remember saying it when I, when I was seven. Oh, you do. Okay. okay. I remember saying it and I remember people telling me that I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> right. But, right. And I don't remember if it was that I was because I was seven that it made anything. Um, but it was that I, I remember, I think I even remember where I was sort of saying it. It was a neighbor across the street. I think I remember telling them like uh, that, that was when I made the decision I was going to be an artist. And I remember being like, uh, you really don't know what you're talking about kind of thing, yeah. you know? 
And I didn't. I, of course I didn't. I didn't even know what an artist was. I just knew that that's huh. what I was going to do. Is that, is that weird? No, like, it's funny because the reason I ask is why seven is because that's exactly, or at least really close to the age that I realized I wanted to be an artist. And it was a very similar thing. I was drawing in my classroom and a, a girl asked me, are you going to be an artist when you grow up? And I just remember vividly thinking, wait, yeah, I am going to be an artist when I grow up. But it was the uh, same age. And the only thing I remember is making that decision. So I just, yeah, yeah so it sounds like well, a similar experience. Remember, the other thing I remember, really remember when I was seven is that I, that was the first time I realized that I would have to die. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I, I remember, remember like the concept of death. And I remember that I learned I was going to actually have to die, that everybody was going to have to die. And I remember going up into my bedroom going, I remember really being upset about it. I remember uh, my mom told me not to worry about it. it wouldn't happen for a really long time. But I was remember just being in my bedroom trying to think about death like that. That was something that had to happen. Wow. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it was a great uncle had died or I don't remember the the impetus for that. But yeah. So two things were going to happen. I was going to be die and be an artist at seven. And those are <laughs> those are the things I remember. And there is some connection because when you die, then you'll start selling paintings, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's when my that's when I get really close to being um, canonized to be a saint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I don't I don't remember having that realization. So that's really yeah, that's really kids, interesting. Did your kids get it? I don't know. I'll have to ask them tonight. I don't know. That's a good question. Did it happen to them? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I I guess I guess uh we all know we're going to die, but I don't remember a specific moment when that happened. So that's really interesting that you do. I totally I can almost jump back into that self. That's you know crazy. What I'm like I can see the room from the perspective while I was thinking about that idea. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I yeah. remember which, you know, we, we changed bedrooms throughout the house. I remember the room. I remember city. I remember the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember too, like, even as I say this, I remember the feeling of my parents being downstairs. Right. And having, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you yeah. know, like that you're down there and they're not worried about it like I am. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to picture you as a little girl going through all this, the turtle the, or ladybugs and, <laughs> and, and this, man, that's, that's I was, awesome. I was an intense kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other Can thing I relate to is when you said that you wanted to be an artist, but you didn't know what it was. I, that, I had the same experience. I didn't know what it was until I was like 26. I didn't know exactly I, what that I, meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had we got the Reader's Digest. You ever hear of that magazine? Yeah. It's like a little little book like this big. Yeah, we got it. And too. there would be sometimes artwork on that, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do that, like get my artwork on Reader's Digest. And there was also <laughs> there was also the Tippy the Turtle, like where you like you could if you could draw this. Yeah, I did that contest. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? To go to art school. Mm -hmm. So that was like in magazines or something. And I was like, oh, I want to go to art. I want to do that. You know, I also, then the next, so then the next evolution is I started learning about horoscopes and stuff like that. Really? And I wanted to, 
yeah, I'm almost done with my, my no, this is great. I love it. Is it okay? (laughs) Yeah. Rose Franson as a little kid. I need to get like a picture of you as a a seven-year-old for the podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. Definitely do that. You will just, Uh, just. No, I'm serious. Send me a picture. (laughs) I want to say, can I say, oh, I'm going to make this around. Say whatever you want. Can I say laugh your ass off? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this podcast. I don't know what grade we're doing it for. Are we doing it G. Is this a G podcast? Let's just keep the F word out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get that one. But so run up your ass off because Nancy Guzik saw a picture of me when I was. She came probably about the same time I was, was going to be an artist. It is frightening. <laughs> it is frightening. I was the kind of kid that my brother, my one of my brothers is like just a year older than me, year and a half older than me. He told me when I was in my twenties, when I finally had kind of not was not as painful to look at as I was when I was in junior high. Who there's your dog? He was he was like I'm really I'm I was really really worried about you in junior high because I didn't think anybody would ever date you. Oh you were gosh. Kind of, he was he was really sad for me, right? <laughs> Wait, but when you were in junior high, it was probably in the eighties, right? Yeah. So everyone no, was hideous yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, well, for sure, right? And then there was this, <laughs> yeah. there was this, there was this woman named Dorothy Hamill who got this like had this short haircut. She was an ice skater. Do you ever hear of her? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, you have okay. So yeah. we're not. I'm not that much older than you. No. But anyway. My, uh, I, my girl, my friends and I, they didn't call them girlfriends when you were a kid, your best friend, you know, right. when you were a kid, we were always trying to grow our hair as a competition, you know, to who could get the hair longest. And you know how like in the summer, your mom just doesn't really care and you bangs and you're like really starting to win over Becky. They can be really long. Well, my mom was like, okay, she would cut my bangs and I would be crying for weeks. All right. So I, I have this, like, Phobia in my haircut. Oh, more death, right? Anyway, I froze again. Do you see this? Yeah, yeah. I think you. It's fine though. You can go ahead. Okay, I'm telling too many stories. No, this is, this is I great. I, I love it. It's called the undraped artist. You're just opening up. I love it. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> anyway, so so I mean, I think my mom used to. You know, of course, who doesn't? You don't want your haircut. So I'm sure I was moving around and stuff like that. So my bangs were like this, way up here. So I. I had like complete phobia to get my hair cut, right? But when I was in eighth grade, the the guy, the hairdresser guy said, well, why don't we do a Dorothy Hamill? And I had my hair kind of long and he cut my hair and I cried for weeks, right? I'd be like, I remember going home going, it's gone, it's gone, it's oh, gone. Oh man. I except for once or twice since uh, by a <laughs> professional. <laughs> so I was <laughs> That sounds terrible. I'm sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all actually. This is all background information for your future question on why do I paint what I paint. Yeah, no kidding. There's well, yeah. I can't wait to get to that to show your paintings. But so wait a minute. So you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that that little person that that you told that you were going to be an artist and said you couldn't be. So was there? Did you have resistance it throughout your life? Say, say again. Did you have resistance throughout your life as you got older and started to realize exactly what this career looked like and what you and and um, and started no, to I move got, toward it? I, I, I I'm going to say I'm going to say no. OK. OK. The only thing I think that kind of held me back was just really my. Um, 
my naivete and my kind of ignorance and my not knowing about possibilities. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. what was possible? But uh, no, when I was 14, I'm in junior high, I'm ninth grade. And Miss, we had a new art teacher came in and she gave us this project where we did the grid over a photograph and then you draw another grid, you know, that whole grid yeah. blow up system. And my dad, I told you, was a photographer. And I remember gridding a photograph of, that he'd taken of my brother and I when I was five and my brother was six. And I was wearing a funny hat. My brother's wearing a fireman's hat. And uh, Mrs. Reesdale was the teacher. And, and uh, I did this with people, right? Mm -hmm. And that was it. I'm like, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to go to art school. I'm going to, and I'm going to paint people. I'm going to draw people the rest of my life. Like I had no idea that you could do people, right? I was, I used to draw like creek beds, like the idea where you would, like I was like, and out of my head, right? Like all these, these creek beds with things passing through it. Like I had a big, huge, like passion for just drawing that over and over and over again, hmm. right? Like yeah. carving like three-dimensionally in space stuff. Right. I don't know. I remember, really remember drawing that a lot, but I didn't know you could do people. And as soon as I found out you could do that, like portraits, and that was it. Wait, what do you mean I you didn't it. know you could? You didn't, mean, you didn't know you could professionally or you didn't know that you could do it at all? That's exactly what I mean by what held me back was my maybe I should even say lack of imagination, lack of even understanding this passion for making and this passion for drawing and all this stuff like right. what you could actually do with it, you know? Like so you didn't, could... you didn't know you could actually render a person. Right. I didn't Whoa. know I could render a person. That really? was actually, see, my career, I would almost say this, my career, I'd say probably for the first seven years, I'm going to say career. I heard Kwong doesn't use that phrase, but let me just say my evolution as an artist where I got to do this all the time. Right. Right. I think the first seven years was really, um, really, really filled with just one step to another step of discovering what was possible. Hmm. And it was just like almost clear delineation, just like that. Like, Oh, you can draw people. Oh, okay. You can draw people, you know, hmm. then you draw people without the grid. So things came to me like, clear delineations between different things, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, for example, you probably know this. I bet I suspect that you had this one for sure. This is a very obvious one. When you go from painting a single figure in a painting to like multi figures, right. And trying to learn to put more people together in a painting. Right. Does but what are you sense? asking? What did I have? So was that like a clear, like, Oh, new step. Oh new my step. gosh. That was a you know leap. I mean? like, that was like a, that was like falling off a cliff in a way. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Like all those kinds of things were like a new, they seem like a new thing, yeah. like a new world each time, like a real clear space between the two before and after things. Right. That yeah. I would say that was really how my, my early part of becoming an artist really was just, Oh, you didn't do this. And then you did. Right. And then you didn't do this. And then you did, you know, over and over again. Well, I'm curious. So yeah, totally makes sense. So my experience was similar with this as well. I wonder if you had this particular reaction to painting the face. And that is that when I first painted a face that was successful, 
um, there was a moment when it was looking back at me that it almost felt like I, I created life. Yeah. Like I literally I actually... created life. It was like magical. And I just didn't get that from painting a vase and I was addicted. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if it was in the experience or in the moment of painting it, but I remember once walking down into my gallery where, and I had this portrait I'd done of my mom and it was the first time I felt like she was in the room. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Like mm -hmm. I felt like that, that same feeling, but I, but I will say Jeff that I probably did. It wasn't like I, if I had like, there's people who are really talented, right? There are people who are really, really talented. Uh, they can, like they can see a type of painting or they can see an object and they find a way to render it really quickly or a new style. And they can just, I think you're probably one of those guys like you and paint are like, are, are like butter and bread. Like oh, you just I wish, but thank you. But no, but you and welding, you and almost everything you do is like, you're really, at least you don't see the, uh, you don't see like the struggle or the effort so much. I mean, like for me, for me, a lot of my, a lot of my um, learning to be an artist was, is very much uh, like learning, a lot of practice, a lot and a lot of, lot of work, right? But the one thing that I think if I had any talent for was this sort of closer to what you're saying about feeling that person alive or feeling that person. Does that yeah. make sense? No, um, totally. Like, like I can see in a painting when I have them and when I don't. Like. Like I can see the moment it goes from it feeling like them from when it didn't, right? It's just like, oh, now I got them. Now I, and all I got to do is just follow that line, right? Yeah, and it's and like I magical that, that when you yeah, totally capture yeah. somebody. Yeah, you just feel it. Like mm -hmm. it just, this is like, a, it's an, it's just, oh, there they are, right? And it's just, is this as if all of what, all of what they are visually from that moment forward just keeps uh, staying there. Yeah. It's like they, it feels like they're breathing, you know, like mm -hmm. you feel them and you, it feels like they're breathing. Now I feel like I've had for a very long time, a bias on capturing likeness, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I could like a, a like a talent for that. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like, mm -hmm. like, when we even when we all sucked at the palette and chisel in the early days right it's still my painting still somewhat felt like that person to me does that yeah. make sense yeah and i don't know i don't know i mean i think if we could be if we're really scientific it's probably it's probably something technical about proportion and about arrangement of features and stuff like that but for me it never felt technical it feels emotional does that make sense it feels I, like an experience. Yeah, it? It, I think it makes sense. Um, but I think that that's probably because, because um, uh, I'm going to disagree with your last statement. I think this sort of is in conflict with what you said before, that it doesn't come easy to you. Like, I think that's it feels that way because it does come easy to you. And because getting a likeness is somewhat effortless, it can feel spiritual because the technical side is out of the way, sort of, it's not clouding that experience. Because mm. I, I find that with anything that I do, you know, okay, like let's make, a, maybe I'll make a sport analogy. I suck at baseball. When I was a kid, mm -hmm. I could not hit a ball to save my life. You could throw it right at my face 
and somehow it would miss my, it's like balls just avoided me. Right. <laughs> I, it was terrible, but, mm -hmm. but then I, I got into hockey and basketball and it was a whole different thing. And I remember the difference in how it felt when I played the sports that came naturally to me, where it almost felt like it was just like an extension of my body in a way, as compared mm -hmm. to the struggle, I would always feel trying to swing a baseball bat and throw a baseball. I, I think that when you get to a point where you're, it comes nat where it be, it becomes into super intuitive, then the, the struggle gets out of the way and it can start to feel spiritual or start to feel well, I'm, like magic I'm gonna, in a way. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm, I'm I don't want to like get into like a back and forth, but let's do it for a second. Yeah, okay? let's do it. I actually think that I'm actually I'm I'm describing something slightly different. Oh, okay. Um, so what I mean is, it didn't matter what level of technical prowess I had, like whether I could even draw a head properly. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I felt like I could still feel the person even in a poorly drawn portrait. Oh, no, I totally misunderstood. Yeah, I totally misunderstood. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you about like practice and experience and getting better and then this sort of proportional likeness and throwing that stuff down comes really you know with it feels intuitive because you've you're so experienced right you know i'm totally with you on that but i'm actually talking about like everybody else in the room uh maybe this way maybe i shouldn't say it this way um, maybe they didn't they didn't agree with me okay about this but i felt like i caught the person does that make sense yeah I mean, no, it doesn't make sense, but it makes me really curious what that means. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I probably don't have that same. I haven't had that same experience. So I think that's really you, cool. See, yes, that's what I mean. That's why I mean, that's why like, like, I don't I'm interested in other people who are, I know, Jeff, you and I both have this uh, um, deep appreciation of likeness, right? Oh, like, absolutely. I'm addicted agree. to it. It's an absolute yeah, critical element to that's me. right right and we hear it dismissed a lot at the portrait society like likeness doesn't matter but i think likeness is really really close to good drawing right mm -hmm. really close to capturing you know proportions and capturing stuff but i don't know this thing i'm talking about is sort of outside of that it's as if it's just like this and it's to me i mean I, the mm. thing that i think is what i'm trying to say what's wild about it is i had it even before even even when I was could hardly draw, and even and mm -hmm. I mean maybe some people would say I still can hardly draw, you know. But but I that it's like something I felt. It's that's that's funny, awesome. Right? I don't know. Um, maybe I'm gonna have to think about this. I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. I probably fall asleep thinking about it. But you know, Joe Paquette. Now, are you familiar with his paintings? Joe Paquette's a landscape no. painter. He's incredible. No. Look him up. But I interviewed him, and he's being posted next week. So you'll have to listen to it. <clears throat> um, but he made the comment that there's something about the way a little kid draws, where they capture the likeness, even though they draw terribly, because they, they I mean, I, I don't even know if I could really explain what he was getting at, but it was really interesting and an interesting point. But I've seen this in my own kids where they, it's almost like they, it's almost like they see the person in a different way than adults do who are so analytical 
where they only right. capture the important parts or something, right, right. you know, and I don't know well, if that's you, what you're getting at. I'm not sure. Well, I, don't, I don't. Well, Chuck, do you have that uh, painting? Did we send a Jeff a picture of that painting with the uh, my self portrait that my niece drew of me? The self portrait. I don't the think so. With the tape, the new still life painting. Does he have that? We should send that. There's, there would be a really good painting to put in this com point okay, of this I conversation. Okay, I want to see it. Yeah, send it to me. My niece drew me when she was seven. Right? Okay. And I've done probably, I don't know how many self-portraits you've done. I've probably done 38 or more. I don't know. But I'm probably yeah. right around 38. I'm not talking about drawings. I'm talking about paintings, paintings. right? And I haven't done so many in the last few years. But when I was younger, I painted myself all the time, right? Free, yeah. cheap, available, all those kinds of things. Anyway, always on time, I noticed, really, which was really good. But anyway, <laughs> um, my niece, I think, drew me the best I've ever seen me draw. Like, this is like, this looks like I think I look like. Like, I think it's the absolute best likeness of me. But does it still and look so like a child's drawing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to show it to you. Yeah, right? that's what I mean, that's what Joe Paquette was talking about. And it's, yeah, there's something yeah, about it. It is hilarious. I mean, maybe she made me a little bit thinner, but, but yeah, <laughs> but no, um, it's a full, it's like a full head to toe drawing of me. And I put it, uh, was it like, I did this still life and I kind of didn't really, you know, I didn't like the still life. It was really boring. And I was for like a year or two, I kept trying to figure out what I could do to make the still life interesting. And I was like sticking things on it and trying different things. And then one day I was, rifling through my my drawer of all my all these drawings and all my supplies and stuff and i found this drawing my niece had done of me at seven and i i trump lloyd it on top of the still life and it's just like oh my god i was in heaven i think i laughed and it just like i i loved painting this drawing that she did of me oh I, my gosh yeah you definitely have to send that was delightful yeah chuck you'll have to send it maybe he can he can flash it in at this point. Or so something. is that what you're talking about though? Are you, are you talking about that, that childlike ability to see a person differently or is it something else? I, Jeff, I, so let me say, maybe I'll say it this way. I'll try to see if I can add another aspect to okay. this. Okay. Like let's throw another layer on top of it and see if this makes, this comes, you can connect to this somehow. Okay. Um, when I painted Portrait Makoka, you know, I'm painting in the same space every day. So all of the elements are really, the, the, the variables are, are just the person and me. Right? Wait a minute, you need to explain what that is for people who don't know your project. Okay, so the studio is the same arrangement, okay? No, the Portraits General of Makoka, wasn't that that thing you did for the museum? Yeah, the, right. the, it went to the Smithsonian, right? Right, it so explain that project before you... Oh, before I go into it more? Yeah. Well, so about uh, 15 years ago now, yeah, 15 years ago or 16 years ago, I I got an idea to, a, to do a project where I would paint my hometown, right? And I opened up a storefront on Main Street and I let anybody who wanted to come in and sign themselves up, come and pose. And we did four hours a day. Um, in the early ones, the first 70, I stop like maybe yeah no not the first 70 maybe the first 10 or 12 i stopped right in, right at four hours okay and then by about my 15th one this woman told me such a powerful story about her life 
that we that I like I was like, okay, this isn't really about painting and isn't really about uh, the, the, the thing on the canvas or even the four hours or anything. This is really about this person and I sharing life, right? And them telling me their story. And so I didn't care if somebody and I were talking a lot and we were laughing for hours, that person might be in there for seven hours. If it was a, mm -hmm. where I didn't have another person coming in that day. Right. Like one guy, one guy came in and he was like a type A person. Did I finish this describing the project? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I interrupted myself. But uh, anyway, um, I still remember what I was going to say about. I'll remind you. The okay. Okay. But, uh, um, uh, this one guy came in, he was like kind of a type A guy and his wife had signed him up. And I kind of had a rule where nobody else could sign you up. You had to sign yourself up. But uh, there was also, he came in at this point where um, I, what I did, one of the frameworks of this project was 10 people from, at that time, we could say each gender, right? 10 in each decade. So you would have 20 male, female underneath the age of 10. 10 to, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, right? And I didn't have enough men between 50 and 70, right? And even I didn't have enough men between 30 and 70 at all, right? And so this woman had signed her husband up because I kind of put it out there, and you need more men, right? She probably came to sign herself up, and then I was like, I've got your, I've got like 12 of you guys, you know, your age, your, yeah, I can't really do anymore. I felt kind of bad, but I had to sort of put some sort of frame on it. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Oh, totally. Um, I don't know if I've ever said that out loud before, but <laughs> I wound up painting 15 or 16 people in that category of women, right? That age range. But anyway, she signed her husband up. And uh, so he came in and he's like, oh, those, how long is this going to take? A half hour? And I'm like, oh, did your wife tell you? <laughs> You're going to be here for a while. He's like, well, how long? I'm like, well, you know, I'm kind of asking for four hours. He's like, four hours? What? I'm gonna, I gotta sit here for four hours? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, one o'clock in the morning, his wife called and said, are you coming home yet, honey? No way. Because <laughs> he and I, we were there for seven hours. We had the bet. we were goofing around. We were laughing. It was just so much fun. His wife had to call him and tell him to come home. <laughs> That's awesome. We cracked up so much that I couldn't really paint him the whole time. Do you know what I mean? It was like he was, we were laughing, we were goofing around. It would like be a whole half hour. We didn't even paint. We were just talking and philosophizing and sharing and, you know, answering questions. And sometimes people said things that you would just sit there and just look at them and listen, you know, and mm -hmm. I forget it. Oh, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be painting you. And then we would, you know, he didn't even notice, you know, he didn't even notice that it was painting. You know, and at the end, there's this thing, you know, and sometimes they're there like, oh, wait, just give me 10 more minutes because all we can do is goof around and just fix this up real quick. Hold really still while I finish the painting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, it, yeah, it was crazy. So, so, so basically the project was you come in, you sit four to five hours is what I really pretty much everybody was done by five hours. There were a couple, two people stayed seven. All right. And after that, most everybody was under five and, and, uh, Anyway, so I painted 180 people in a year. Unbelievable. And, but yeah, but you know, it was even more intense than that because I took, in that year, I took two months off because uh, I had done 70 in, what, 35 days or 40, 35 days. 
I did two a day and then we put them up in a show and then there was this whole, it was kind of crazy and I had to kind of get the whole project started again. So there's a, like a little window and I also, it was costing me kind of a lot of money. Like I was renting a space, I was doing this and that and that. And I had to make some, do some paintings that we could sell because this project kind of was so encompassing that I couldn't actually uh, paint anything else. I thought I could, oh, just do a portrait and then go to the studio and work for a few hours, right? Because yeah. I was used to working 10, 12, 14 hours a day. You know, what, this is like four hours, four hours, eight hours, big deal. Still have six hours left in the day to work, you know? Didn't happen. I was wiped out. I would come home and the person would be totally inside my head, you know? And I like had to come out of that world. It was like, I lived in worlds of worlds of people in that project. Well, anyway, the thing I was gonna say, it's connected to this idea of feeling the person in the painting is that, uh, so let's say you're, you know how you're painting and you're mixing a color and you're looking at the person and they were really close to me. They were like within three and a half feet, you know? So we were really close, really in a shared space in that place, you know? And I did make it feel, my aim was to have it feel intimate, you know, that, you know, it was kind of neat, you know? And mm -hmm. we sat down. Like I would, before Portrait Macoca, I pretty much was a standing painter, like all the time standing. But in that project to create that intimacy, I noticed one time I stood and my moving back and forth and all those proper things you're supposed to do when you paint just made the person kind of dizzy. You know, I could, I could imagine what it would be like to watch me and talk to me and me moving around. So I, uh, I well, and I for just, those who haven't seen you paint, you're not the average kind of yeah. steady, slow painter. Yeah. You're like, it's like dancing all around the room. Yeah. And yeah. even though these were only 12 by 12s, they're only this big, you know, um, you, you're more, you're more confined when you're painting small. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, um, but this, the, it's when I sat down, it was way more intimate. And so I, I, I ditched the standing for sure. It was gone. Like, cause my, it really became about the person and me and that person together. But anyway, so I'm mixing paint, mixing paint and, and, uh, you know, I'm looking down at my palette and I've got my, last view in my head and I'm mixing the colors for that that thought right and or that drawn like that you know where it's going to go and all that stuff and I could I could feel that person when I was looking down at my palette like I could tell that they had just maybe started to cry right without even knowing it you mm. know what I mean like I could feel emotional shifts and I wasn't even looking at them like unless it was Unless it was already, you know, it makes me interested in time and and uh, the ideas of what what part of us knows and the other part doesn't know. Like before, I knew consciously that they were going to emote this or emote that. It was like I recognized it when I was mixing the paint. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm jealous. I wish I had this gift. It almost sounds like you just have this heightened sense of empathy that goes into your work I, I think the i think it's i think both words maybe empathy and sympathy i think there would be sympathetic would be another yeah empathy is really interesting because it's usually to the individual maybe that's there but i don't know if you do this i've heard maybe i think i heard some other artists say this in an interview but even when i was like in art school and i am like probably, you know, I'm just off the turnip truck. I'm like so naive. I'm, like, I don't know anything. 
when I started art school in Chicago, uh, just nothing. But I remember when I would draw somebody, and let's say the model had their back arc like this, you know, I would sit drawing them with that same gesture in my body. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it was like, I would find myself, myself sympathetically trying to experience what they were experiencing. Yeah. That you know? one I can relate to. Yeah. 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 Maybe I heard you say it. I don't know, but, but, uh, sorry, I'm putting my feet back up. <laughs> can you feel that? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're about to cry. Am I doing it? Am I getting this right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was, it was as if, it was as if I think, here's another one. Here's another picture of this sort of totally immersing yourself in the person that you're painting. Um, maybe, and maybe that's all part of what happens is I remember when I was painting my models and the, I mean, I can, I say, I say these in the, like a historical way because um, these, you know, these things that become conversational pieces, right? Mm -hmm. I remember really clearly this happening with this model. And so I'm kind of commenting from that experience, but it isn't the only time I felt it. Right. But so I'm talking with past tense, but it would be, I'm sure I experienced this now, but I'm painting these beautiful like women who are, I'm young too. God, it's really funny to me to think I thought this when I was probably 30. Right. But, uh, but I'm painting somebody who's 19, 20 years old. And you know, and you're just like, they're so young and beautiful. Like they're so soft and they're so, you know, and you're just like, I'm, I am them. Right. I am them. And I paint with a big mirror behind me when I'm painting. And you know, I'm like all in that visual living that person. And, and that would turn around and I don't look in the mirror to see myself, right? I look at that, like the, not them, but the painting, right? So it's the painting them, the painting them. But every once in a while, like I would see myself after being in that world for maybe an hour or two, right? And I would see myself, oh God, like <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh shot. shoot. That, that, that was there, that, that was there. Like I was there. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm not like, them. It's like this realization yeah. that you're not them that I'm not them. Yeah, it was like, it would like hit me like a hammer. Like it would be like, boom. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Wow, that is because, so crazy. Because it wasn't the, it wasn't the person, it wasn't the person I was really looking at. Yeah, or yeah. maybe I even, I'm gonna even take a step and say this, and maybe I shouldn't say it out loud in public and on the internet, but into, person I'm looking into. Mm-hmm. You know, not just at, right? Yeah. No, I Look don't see a problem with that. What? Yeah. That... Uh, you can get into it. I mean, that's a whole idea. Yeah. It's an idea. See, I wouldn't have had those ideas when I was younger. I wouldn't know those kinds of things. I would think Man. I would be very... Go ahead. No, oh, I'm just envious. This is like, I mean, this is why this must be why there's so much emotion. I don't know. Emotion seems like sort of a cliche word, but you, you, your paintings just live and breathe i mean they're just incredible your portraits are just incredible and this that has to go into it that skill yeah. or, or, or that quality that you great. have i think you and i share this though i think maybe you maybe, haven't just you haven't just maybe maybe it's just that my life has allowed more of more awareness of feeling sort of language does that make sense yeah. who knows maybe yeah maybe, maybe. You know, 
maybe I'm, I'm gonna pretend gonna I have it so I can yeah because I because I'm envious <laughs> I think it's an awesome thing I mean I have I do have some of that I mean like you mentioned how you sort of get into their pose unconsciously and you and you see yourself kind of uh, physically empathizing with them or sympathizing as you put it with them and just yeah if they're uncomfortable you're uncomfortable if they're happy you're happy if they're sad you're sad it's like you yeah you yeah. do kind of become them when you're painting them I do but yeah. it seems like what you have is a, a little more than that. What you're describing is a little more than that. Well, let me just say, I'm going to say this. I'm going to take a step and sort of say, I think that is probably where I have some talent. Yeah. Well, right. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to say. I'm glad you like, can admit like, that because you have a lot more talent than that. But I'm glad you're throwing yourself at least one bone there. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's a, it's a, let me say it this way. I don't know that I would have known that I had that. Like, I don't know if I would have said that sentence. Like, that is possibly where I have some talent. Like, it's something I don't think I earned. Do you know what I mean? It right. doesn't. It's not something I think I've practiced. It's not something I think I've. It's just something that I think kind of came. You know what I mean? Right. That's why I call it a talent. Like, it's just sort of there. It's just sort of there. You know? Right. Because the reason why I call it like that also is because it kind of has sort of been there for a really long time. Like even, even as I now, as I think when I earlier, when I was sort of describing my remembering being in the room, uh, when I was like thinking about death and the feeling of my parents downstairs and me, you know, at seven, right. Like that I can kind of jump back into that self for a second. You know, I don't get that in a lot of parts of my life, but there are things that can just really, it's just so poignant and so felt, you know, that maybe that's kind of connected to that person too, that little girl. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. You, I, I think, I don't know. Maybe there's just, you, you were born with a certain kind of a sensitivity that yeah. allows you to be able to really connect with people. And, and it allows my brothers really were able to torture me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? it yeah. makes me really torturable too right like you can torture me really easily you know and, yeah but I'm not, it's not the sensitivity like i'm worried that you'll say something bad and i'm gonna go cry because you've been no no that's me. not what i'm saying like, yeah yeah but it's like be you know like oh like sounds can really drive me nuts and you know i like i'm like like i'm like life is like landmines because i'm kind of sensitive yeah but anyway but yeah, anyway, no, it's funny you're bringing this up because just today I was talking to some of my students about some experience I've had professionally where I've gotten this feeling about a client or a feeling about somebody in my life. Um, and in, in this case, I was talking about a negative feeling where I felt like the character of this person, I needed to be careful of this person. And every single time I was right. And but it took me years to figure out that I needed to pay attention to that feeling because I'd usually yeah. ignore it. Right. And yeah. I don't know, maybe some, I mean, I'm sure we all have certain sensitivities to things, but it sounds like yours is, is one that really informs your portrait painting, which is a really great thing. Well, I think, I think you hit it. I really think you hit it right there. I think it was that something I saw and that I felt myself, I intentionally opened myself to. Yeah. Like you just said it, you, you have it, but you were like, oh, I don't want to believe that 
you, I, you had that impulse, but you just tried to ignore it or you decided you didn't want to agree to it. Right. Do you know what I mean? You didn't want to affirm it. I think I learned early on to affirm that one. Yeah. Okay. You see that? Yeah. And yeah, I, I, mean, okay. I really don't think it's a, I, but, but maybe that's the talent, right? Maybe that was the talent, the talent of saying, I'm going to affirm this one because this one seems like a good one to have in your pocket. Maybe that's what it was. Who knows, right? Yeah. But anyway. That's, but that's, yeah. it. that's all I'm going to say. That's the end and end all of anything that I think that made things a little easier for me. <laughs> yeah. It. Everything else has been work. <laughs> well, that, this is a good segue to start looking at your art. Now that we've talked about that, let's, let's look at some of your yeah. portraits. So mm -hmm. I brought this one up first because uh -huh. when I saw this, I'm not kidding you, this is literally the coolest portrait I have ever seen in my entire life. Are you serious? I, I'm not kidding you. This is, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. Like this is, I've seen a lot of beautiful portraits. I absolutely love this portrait. I wish one, it was small enough. Cause this is, you said 40 by 60 or 48 by 60. 48 by 60. Yeah. One, I wish it was small enough to fit in my home or studio. And two, I wish I could afford it because it is, it's on a postcard. Oh, <laughs> so I beautiful. I can send you a postcard. Can you? Yeah. 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 Well, oh I my did gosh, it. I... it's so beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about, I mean, here's what I, I've got a lot of questions about your work because okay. we, we, we've talked about this, but we share a very similar, I think anyway, as we share some aesthetic sensibilities. I, I think we have a lot in common in that way. And I love, you I know, used to do a lot of this abstract and portrait stuff, but you just mastered it. But tell me how you take something so complex or how do you create something so complex from the ground up? Uh -huh. Where do you even start with a painting like this? Well, this one, so this is for the illusion series, right? So yeah. the illusion series is really, it, so Jeff, you know, you and I are both people who work from life. Yeah. Right. We've had that like big bias, but the illusion, illusion series, I was willing to work from photographs. Right. So yeah. this is actually my brother's uh, girlfriend. Um, or I guess maybe I should say, yeah. Anyway, she's, she's, Just don't uh, say her um, name. <laughs> her name's, okay. I won't say it. But yeah, because she's kind of famous, and so maybe I shouldn't say anything because I don't know what she wants said or not said, right? Um, but anyway, uh, so so because I had photographed, I, I this is the for the illusion series, so I was interested in different ideas. So I studied optical illusions, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, things that things that could happen, and then I was interested in trying to figure out how to have that optical different optical illusions work with different persons and the whole point behind the show was that people in i was interested that optical illusions are very similar to our inability to see each other right mm -hmm. for who for who we really are like you are tricked by the your brain tricks your eye into thinking things in optical illusions right you interpret things this way because your brain is operating differently from what your eyes are bringing in, right? Mm -hmm. Your eyes take in something and then it switches in your brain and your brain keeps feeding it this information on top of that visual and changes the interpretation, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, fair enough. And yeah. I think that's a lot like what we do when we put people in boxes of identity. Fair enough? Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Or like we, or we put people 
we put a whole human being underneath like one or two labels, one or two sort of external kind of or outward sort of uh, qualities, like something that we think we can see about them. Fair enough. Yeah. And so this whole series is somewhat trying to put people intermixed with optical illusions. And so one of the when I was studying some of the optical illusions, there's this one where you paint well they were is a photograph but they're gray they're black and white and they um they have one part that oh now i can't really remember how to describe it yeah there's one part that's uh somebody just said did this in 2017 these these paintings so they're like five years old now but uh um yeah i can't even say it there's one part where it's you put one little bit of glaze or one little thing and then it makes you see all the something that's just black and white into a different color right and uh, uh so anyway i was studying that optic illusion and and then there was another one you know this one where you um stare this is the generation when you generate uh after images in your eyes right yeah do you know how that yeah i know about okay, that one so after yeah. all right so you, they'll have you look at one little dot and then you can see the after image, you know, or, or you can see, uh, you stare at a paint, you stare at an object. And then if you look at a white wall, you can see on the white wall, that object, like in, in reverse its opposite color or opposite color, in not reverse. reverse. Right. Yeah. yeah. Opposite color. So like, if it's a, if you look at the turquoise, you'll see a magenta, I mean, a, a, a cyan, you'll see a magenta. You see a yellow, right? You see this right. yellow on the wall, right? So this one is kind of, um, this one kind of comes from that. So I have the colored version of her and you see the bluer version of her. That's mm -hmm. the opposite, the opposite. So I was interested in this idea of this, that in out opposite, you know, the color in its reverse, right? Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Invert. Yeah. And then you, you know, inverted four. the values in the back one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the inverting the values on the black and white one. You see her the second, the third one over is her in black and white, right. and right. that's the inverted values, right? And then you see her colored ones. That's the 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 blue one is her inverted values in color. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So like I did that, and then this one I also added two more optical illusions to it, and I think that was just kind of following this impulse to make it interesting designs, right? Like I thought oh, it would be interesting to try these different colors, but yeah, you see that one there, you, where you got the arrow? Yeah. Is that your arrow? Yep, that's okay. my arrow see right where here. That is? That's the optical illusion, right? You see, now go to the yellow, the yellow rectangle right below it with the, with the same lines, here. you see that? Yeah. Okay, you see how that, the one where you just, the green one, the turquoise one, that's the same length of line. They're the same length in both of them. Oh, right? no the kidding. But the optical illusion makes it look like it's wow. shorter and longer. Just by that wave. But it's the same length everywhere. Do you see that? Yeah. That's the optical illusion. That's, that's, a the, trip. that's the That's the proportional optical illusion that this one has. And then there's another optical illusion running down. It's really easy to see on the right hand. Uh, I guess it's the right hand corner. Yeah, this, yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. You see the the all those all the lines that are painted inside of each of those colors. Those are all the same gray, all the way. Oh, right, all, all, right. The, all the way up and down, and that Wait, shows even here you in the violet, inside the, the violet one. Violet, 
the, the not the violet violet you're over can you move your hand over purple okay yeah the so you purple see the one? turquoise okay okay yeah. not the purple the purple one started i did a little i think i played with that you see i think it's more yellow okay right yeah there, those look different okay so in the right turquoise there. one it's the, the same color the turquoise the yellow one the goldish part of the turquoise mm -hmm. the pink the light pink the orange, the yellow, just go all the way up, and the yellow all the way up the top. Mm -hmm. Okay, all of them on that, especially on the most outward border, is all the same color. All this, and on the most outward side, all the same value, just That's... inside of different. Okay. So, so did really you, from a technical spit standpoint, you must have mixed a pile of paint that you knew would be consistent. And yeah, mixed a that. big bunch of gray. Okay. And I use that. Yeah. Okay. Except for on the bottom band, you see the bottom band across that whole, whole horizontal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let me just say, I think this is really interesting, maybe for other people to hear. You said, how do you come to something like this? I think you do this. I think every artist probably does it, especially when you when you're delving past past representational direct like naturalism yeah you make like up some sort of rule like you make laws <laughs> like like you be kind of become the king of that painting right it's like and you you say okay as it does this it's going to be that as it does this it's going to be that so this band across the bottom with it starts with these the the, the magenta mm -hmm. and then it goes to the yellow and then it crosses the figures it's like the big yellow band across the bottom that you see, I'm changing the gray all along there for okay. to follow my rules that I developed about. Okay, when it's over on the like, especially on the black and white, the the blue version of the third, the second person over of her, right? Mm -hmm. You can sort of see I'm changing those to because I was a little bit. I remember being a little bit worried that it would look like a yellow band and this their skin back behind and them that it would make they would look like they're cut off or something. So I was trying to figure out how do I carry her neck? Let's go to the full color one. Ah, uh, I see. Color. The full photo. How do I carry her neck through, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of babbling about it, but but what's interesting to think, think about it is that you make up these rules. So I remember that whole thing on the bottom, I did change the colors all the way across until the purple. But on the blue, when you get to the, the cyan and all the way up, it's one it's one color. Because I wanted that optical illusion to be able to say that, you know, I was interested. So that what I why what do I think is interesting about that? It's like framing. It's like people, you know, inside of different contexts, they become different colors, right? Giving people the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's hold them in the most possible possible reception, right? Like like I can't like I can't actually um know another person's life. But I could, I could be in a posture of receiving the other person. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Instead mm -hmm. of putting something on them when I meet them. Do you know what I mean? Like putting them, having, having my ideas of them before them. Okay. And allow people to, to, uh, to have space with you, you know, yeah, have space. That's, that's great. Like the benefit, giving them like the benefit of the doubt. Now it does. Do I do that all the time? No, of course not. Because you know, the, you know, in a way, we kind of all live sort of an armored life, right? You got your armor on to protect yourself from all these things, you know, and it's not an unnecessary thing in a way. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you were just so able to be touched by every person and every single thing, you would hardly exist. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's, there would be, it would be a much different world if we could actually just be a little bit less forward in our idea about another person before they are allowed to give us themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just a little, let them. Yeah, I could learn from that. Now I really want to own that. I wanted to own it before. Now I want it so bad. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, even if it's not like, if we understood, if we understood everyone thoroughly, we're obligated to agree, but at least we have more patience, right? Exactly. But that is it, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah. It isn't that we can, it isn't that we're going to get all the details. Nobody. Yeah. But it'd be much better to say that I don't know any details, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know any boxes to put them in. All right. And then just let, and just, just, that would be a, probably a safer world, like a, a kinder world to put, to, to start with. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And then, you, you know, and just, and then, and, but yet let it be a, a a gentle or an open reception of that person in the sense, right? Like you project a safe place in a way for them to feel like they can present themselves to you. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not saying it's such a great concept. I'm not really saying the way because you, we cannot, it's like a, we cannot possibly have, you said empathy earlier, right? And the reason why I disagreed with it is because there's been a lot of studies on empathy and I'm really interested in studying people and how we work. You know, I think it's probably connected to being a portrait painter. It's probably connected, you know, to, I don't know, I find humanity, I find nature and humanity, of course we all probably do, absolutely fascinating, right? Endlessly, nature is just only like all giving, like all love, like all generally all positive, even if it's kind of icky with a bug between that day. But for the most part, it's just so, and people are complex when we meet them, right? And mm-hmm. that one takes a different kind of, dis, you know, willingness on our on ourselves to receive, to open and to be, you know, have a loving posture and I guess in a way, right? A gentle loving posture toward people. Mm-hmm. What if we just got gentle? Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe we don't have to love them. But we just got a little more kind or gentle in our. Well, I think you but, hit it on the nose okay. that if we could walk in their shoes and, and that is, I mean, the way I'm phrasing it is maybe a little cliche, but if we could walk in their shoes, we'd be a lot more sympathetic and more patient, and more kind. I think that, sure. I need to work you'd on that. Probably, That's for dang sure. You'd probably be, you'd probably be left, left, way less right by your opinions. Yeah. What I'm saying like, like, oh, I would never have done that to made that decision. I, you know, I think that you'd be surprised. I yeah. really do. I think we'd all be surprised. And, and yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, I guess so. And maybe I'm going on too deep in this and not in a very educated way and maybe not a very succinct way. And maybe we're trying to, find a way to sort of say it. And there's, there's definitely ways I've said it better than I'm saying it now. But you don't have to be able to say it. The thing is, that's what I love about your work too, is like you say it in your paintings. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, you could have said a fraction of what you just said to me 
and your whole painting would have been revealed, but it didn't need it. It didn't even need that to have the power that it has. Um, wow, it doesn't need a novel next to it. So your job as an artist, right, is to make images. But but that being said, you did articulate it very well. I mean, that was, well, I really appreciate I what you said. I don't know for me if it ends at the canvas. Like I'm, I am interested in trying to figure out how to one first off understand this experience, right? And I love the artist's lens. I love the easel as a place to actually have my questions explored. I mean, I love the fact that being an artist lets things that life puts in front of me uh, show up on my camp on my easel. You know, that's what I think getting to be an artist gets you can be. It can be something you get to do, you know, Oh, life is like tossing you this or life is pushing you around. And then you get to like, oh, go explore it on a canvas. Yeah, no. But what I mean is, isn't that it ends in the canvas. What I mean is, well, have you ever heard or read the painted word? I did not. I don't remember the author's name. I'll put it in the show notes, but. I think it's Tom something, isn't it? That's I can't remember. My memory's terrible. But um, it it goes through art history and it talks about how art history starts out literary and where, where you know, the old masters were painting for churches. They're painting art history paintings. They're painting biblical paintings and telling a story. So they're essentially illustrators, right? And then mm-hmm. later they got criticized for being literary. And then art keeps moving further and further away from being literary until the you know the 20th century where it becomes all about the paint and and then mm-hmm. uh, i mean and and then all about the message and all about the object and it becomes so far removed from telling a story or saying something about the world that it's completely about the object itself and then it mm-hmm. goes and then it talks about the irony of how it goes completely back to literary to an extreme to where you have a vacuum cleaner sitting in a gallery and the only way you appreciate that it's art is by literally reading the book right. next on the right. wall next to the next to the vacuum cleaner explaining what it means and without the yeah. without the the explanation there's no you would never know it was art right that's, and so the book the book basically is saying look we've completely we're so critical of literary art of the renaissance and now we've gone completely back to it to an extreme that's like kind of ridiculous. I mean, he's much more diplomatic about it and much less critical, but um, yeah. but what I'm saying yeah. about your work is you don't need the book. Like it holds its own. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm it hoping. holds its own. Yeah. I'm, these are, let me, let me just say this, and this isn't really an excuse, but these are just attempts. Like I'm just trying something. Like huh. I got this idea with these optical illusions. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just going to go for it. I'm yeah, going to well. do, I did a full show of this. I think there's 20 some paintings in this show now. And, and, uh, uh I'm doing it even, I'm going to do it even if it doesn't make sense, Jeff. Okay. Even if it doesn't work, even if I don't do a great job communicating it, you know, because I want to have, I want to live in that idea for that amount of time for each of those paintings. You know, I want to think about, what I'm doing. I also want to do that experimental sort of, so like this one is fun because, you know, I don't, I haven't really trusted myself to do geometric flat, uh, flat so much, you know, like this painting. I think Chuck really, Chuck really likes this painting too. And, uh, I think it, it's not something I've done that often where 
I have just made big planes of colors and sort of more contemporary. It's a definitely more contemporary kind of painting in the sense of a 21st, 20th century contemporary. Yeah. You know, like, you know, flat shapes and stuff like that. Because, you, know, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I started out as a naturalist, you know, right. like you paint the scene, look at it and, you know, but uh, anyway, I, so for me, it was a bit of an experiment and I'm really glad that you don't think it needs a book. I don't mind my personal take as an artist now. And I, I talk about this in the gallery, right? So we have a gallery in Makokota here and uh, I'll have people come in and I try to ask people if they want me to talk about the work. You know, or when do you want me to talk about the work? Do you want to look at it first and then talk? Or do you want me to just talk? Or do you want to, you want to just, and, and the, if I'm really in a good place, I start by asking a lot of questions. And that's probably the best sort of form, like it becomes a real dialogue between me and the person looking at the paintings. But I don't, I don't have a problem with putting text next to a painting and I don't have a problem explaining paintings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like there's purists out there that think, oh, you should just be able to paint it. There should be no text needed. Right. You, it's visual idea. It should be done visually. But I think that that's sort of presupposing that everybody has one, uh, an agreed visual language two, agreed, agreed understanding, agreed vocabulary, agreed concepts. I mean, it's just we're so we're so multi. Right. That and we're and people are so visually we're so it's we're so many. We're so yeah, there's such a multiplicity that I think that it's okay to start with some framing. Do you know no, what I mean? Like to, yeah. to to even if it's words, even if it's words, right? Oh, I totally but agree I'm, with that. And but don't you don't you think though that while some paintings need to ex be explained, because in this day and age you're right, we absolutely don't have a common language like they did in the Renaissance. Right. But so some paintings common really common language, common, common right. race, common country, common environment, you know. Right. So we need to explain of... some paintings, but don't you want your paintings to be appreciated without the explanation and then just be more and then and then have the explanation only add to what they already are attracted to instead of yeah. needing the explanation in order to have any value? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't want it to be the painting, the right. text to be right. the painting. I I want to do both, right? right. And I want to be, I, I think I'm okay with doing both. In this show in particular, and maybe not so much on this painting. In fact, this painting, if you can come up with a better title, we're still still trying to find the right title for this painting, right? Um, um, I Something like um, In Jeff's right? House, maybe? <laughs> like, I think, it's called, I think it's called, and it's funny because this isn't really a word, but but the, I use the word misperception, right? Because it's not a word. It's just perception is perception. But I, I know people use it all the time on the internet. But, you know, that's where all the wisdom is. Yeah. It's a joke. Joke, <laughs> joke. But, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just staring at your painting, but that is a good joke. <laughs> I'm looking at you. That's why I'm looking at I'm just staring at your painting small. and I missed the joke. So the, uh, the name of it is Waves of Misperception Migrating, right? That's and a good name. I, is it a good name? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't really address. Maybe I do the flip, the reverse, and the inverse, and the reverse, and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. Do you get a sense of like, uh, of her moving, like a movement of her? Do oh, absolutely. You... Yeah, good. Yeah, good, good, and good. you know what's really cool about this is I've seen a lot of artists in recent years 
doing not exactly this, obviously, this is very unique, but something where they sort of deconstruct the face and they have like transparent noses, like multiple noses or multiple eyes or whatever. Yeah. But in many of them, it's almost disconcerting. It's like hard to look at. It makes your eyes go cross-eyed. Um, yeah. And yeah. when I look at yours though, I can, I can look at her face and not even notice the faces coming through her face. Like I I can, I can look at this and not even notice the nose, not even notice this pink shape, not even notice the hair. But then, and then I look at it again. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's transparent or translucent. So you really, I don't know how you balance that out so well. Because this yeah, nose, which, if done wrong, could have looked weird, but it doesn't. Right. You can, it totally, it, it's, it works really as a whole head. You, you know, it's funny, Jeff, now that we're sort of really staring at it, I'm actually seeing those on the second, the, the black and white, black and white version. I'm seeing it more like dimensional, you know what I mean? But I do, I totally do what you're talking about. Like I see this, the, the full color person much more strongly than the other ones, right? Like yeah. she always jumps out first for, in fact, I just look right through the other one, right? I don't even see that. But now as I stare at it, it's becoming more forward. But I, I remember like when I'm working on this, really, really, really trying to think about how much, how much can I do and how much can I, how much I just pull, pushing, pulling that back and forth. Like, and that's done that is not done in the image that I like the photoshopped image when I the, the setup that oh, I was I using wondered to about help. that I wondered how you did yeah. that no that those decisions are really at the easel do you know what I mean I remember <sighs> clearly a lot of like especially back then in 2017 I I'm better at photoshop now than I was then like I'm I'm really really you saw how bad my technology in fact, yeah. maybe this would be a good time to show our show our technology. Yeah, we'll show the bloopers. I'll put the blooper right here. <laughs> uh, trying to get us trying to get us lined up in this, right? <laughs> we could show that. You could show that little bit right now, a little like a little sidebar, maybe down. Yeah, I'm gonna. Big, I'm totally gonna. How do you how do you turn this? How did yeah. So I'm like really technologically ignorant. Okay. I mean I'm not I'm not but I'm a little bit better at Photoshop now, okay, because it's mm-hmm. been five years. Mm-hmm. Um and I did a really big commission that was super really during the pandemic that I had to do a lot of work on the computer. So I, I think that was when I really learned how to do Photoshop, but back in, I, it is super, super crude, right? They're just, it's just the idea. So all, I remember really clearly making tons of these decisions just by looking and thinking and painting, you know, unbelievable. Trying, you know, like going, okay, how much can I push this? How much do I pull this? You know, how hard should this edge be? How not, you know, but you know, when you first said that you liked it and I was a little surprised, it's just, I have no, in that way. And maybe this is true for all of us. Like I have no idea what people like, right? Oh, like you can't people- worry about it. Right. Cause you're never going to know. No. Uh-uh. And, and I, uh, this, this show, lots of my work throughout the whole history of my painting career, I just paint it because I got to paint it. Like, I got it. I got to mm-hmm. do it. I want to do it. And, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to do with the damn things. So, so 
Oh, I can say this about it. Like, I don't know. You're kind of, you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of religious guy, Jeff. So maybe I'll just use a little bit of a religious metaphor. Okay. okay. But, but it was like, when I got the idea for Portrait Makoga, it was really clearly like, I just, it just dropped on me. Boom. It, it wasn't that, like, I did have questions when I was walking to the grocery store. Like I had, I remember I was really, that's what still makes me laugh. But it's funny. I was really like beating myself up because I was really bad at a la prima painting. Like I had been working on. You were bad at a la prima painting? At this point, right? I, I was really judging my a la prima painting very harshly. Like I felt like I was getting really bad at it. Or I, like, wow. I remember I was being, I was worried I was really bad at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And because I had been working on that, like an old master technique, a few paintings in the, in that, like, da vinci style with the glazes and the layers and you work from a drawing you build on top of it and i had been doing that for like a year and a half and i also had done these two stained glass pieces integrated with painting and that's been that was like the primary thing i thought about for a year and a half and so i really let my ala prima just kind of go i didn't do very many right they were yeah. just sort of sitting on the side and naturalism was all like not i wasn't really honoring that that uh, effort and so I was like, whoa, walking to the grocery store, oh, I got to do something to get better at, get get better at painting again. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, that is the one question I really remember when I walked into the grocery store and I got hit with that idea um, to paint my town, right? It was the, it was like the one pre kind of layer before that thing just like came from the mountain and hit me on the top of the head. So, hmm. it, so it came so, from an effort to school yourself, basically. There was one that was like definitely one of the underlying questions that I had been pondering. I, yeah. I, I, when I do my portrait, my portrait McCoke talk at the Smithsonian, I think I talked about seven different lines of questions that were kind of inside of my head during that period, right before the grocery store. And when that idea came to me, mm -hmm. um, but, but the one that I had just right before I walked into the grocery store was beating myself up about not being very good at painting a la prima. Like yeah. that was like the one I was like, oh, you got it. That is a skill. This is nothing you can just like, you can't relax on that skill. You got to practice it all the time. It is not something you That's can just forget about and just get right back in it. Like a la prima is definitely something you, everything has to work all at once. And so you have to be sharp. You know, it is, it is one you have to nurse and, got you know you have to practice and you have to at least i do right no same I, I, yeah you too uh-huh mm -hmm. so anyway that was kind of that was i don't know that was what i was that was what i was gonna say i can't remember where we were and talking about that but there was a reason yeah <laughs> well yeah it's funny because now you're the master at it i mean seeing you on stage dancing around the canvas just pulling stuff out like it's it's just like magic coming out of the end of your brush now so you've uh that 170 portrait do you watch me are you do kidding you i never miss your demos never miss your oh, demos you don't? no way because oh. not only are you a master painter but you're the most entertaining demonstrator i've ever seen so oh, well, which seen brings Stephen up Sale. something which brings Stephen sales pretty no pretty, no i'm talking pretty. about your oh he's entertaining because of the way he paints but i'm talking about your personality you're just fun to watch oh, I see. but oh. which um <laughs> which reminds me I confirmed with uh, the Portrait Society, you and I are demoing together uh, probably Saturday yeah. afternoon in Washington, D.C. next spring at the Portrait Society yeah. of America conference. So that's going to be a blast. I cannot yeah. wait yeah, for yeah. that. 
Oh, All right, man. well, let's look at, uh, I'm going to go through. Make sure, make sure you're welding for like two months before. <laughs> yeah. and then, you're not going to have to worry about me. Podcast and, and do a lot of leather work, okay? <laughs> I want you to do, what else should you be doing? I don't know. <laughs> Anything but painting, doing. right? Oh, yeah, you're not going to have to worry about me. Uh, what? You're not gonna have to worry about me. I don't do alla prima much at all anymore, but that's okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. All right, yeah. let's so let's look at. Um, I'm just gonna go through all of your paintings, um, just pretty quickly, yeah. okay. just to give people that's a like, feel. Yeah, that's of, like 1981. This is that's one of the that's an optical illusion. That's one of that was in my optical illusion show. Believe it or not. No kidding. I'll tell you when you. I'll tell okay. you when you're not in the illusion show um uh, i'm gonna i'm trying to figure out the best way to paint through this these two are this is a partner series those are two optical illusions yeah i love that one that's the incognito series this is a different series i'm working on that's that's what i'm actually working on right now that one is really really cool that the detail in that yeah so here's another thing Here's one thing I want to talk about with you. If we don't talk about this, it was a, it would be an absolute shame, but I want to talk about your color and flesh, but let's wait until we get into um, a particular painting. But this is one of those paintings where I can see how you have such a gift for color in flesh and color in general. But that's one of the things about you that's so incredible is your sense of color. That's what I feel about your work. I think that's why that one's all relate. actually all made up color there. That one that this you guy? just did. Yeah, that because that's a black and white. That's off of that's actually I changed Fashion's drawing of this guy. Fashion has it in his the book of Fashion's drawings. Yeah. Should I say this out loud? It's actually a mustached guy. Okay. Right? With totally different eyes and stuff. But I it's think I know the, the drawing. Same. You know which one I'm talking about? I think so. It I looks think familiar. It's black and white. And I did this in Wasn't color. the guy like, looking the other direction, it. though? Did you flip the drawing? Know. Well, maybe. Oh. I could have. I might be yeah. thinking of a different one. This one's actually a really bad photograph of it because it's almost like black. All the blacks are black in this. You see how it's like heavy feeling like there's black in it? Well, I don't know how it's supposed to look, but I don't mind the contrast. I don't mind the dark blacks okay. at all. I think it's great. Okay. But I know how Thanks. I know how that is. This guy posed for me upstairs in the uh, here in town. Yeah, that's beautiful. This guy came to Makoka and spent a spent a few weeks with us. So I painted a lot of paintings of him. And I did that one in my class in Arizona. This one too. I did my class saw me demo that figure. You did that in a week long workshop. I, I did the yeah. Go back to that for a second. You did that in if one you, week. If you don't mind, just I uh, did the. So you see down by his feet. Yeah. Look at his feet, right? Yeah. They're black and white. Okay. His hands are black and white. His knee on uh, the back knee is black and white, right? Right. I don't know if I got his hands totally finished in my workshop, but uh, um, my students watched me paint. I did a black and white to show the figure in black. Like this is like a three, like this is a three-step process. I show a la prima. Like I don't remember what I call it. It's like a one thing to the next thing to the next thing right mm-hmm. arriving at arriving at full color is the name of that workshop right and okay so i start with a black and white and then i did a two color so the leg goes two color just black and brown right as mm-hmm. my two colors with white of course and then i moved to full colors and my so my students watch me and i just did it all in one figure right hmm. so when i left arizona that was done 
I think maybe the hand wasn't refined. It was just blocked in. I think I remember doing some more on the hand when I got home. Jeez Louise, you you're know? fast. I can't believe you did that in one workshop. Well, I was fast then. I don't know. I think I'm slower right now, Jeez. you know, but, uh, but that was fun. That was a fun one. And that was another demo I did. My students saw this portrait come the beginning. I, I brought it up a level afterwards, but my right. students watched me make this beginning painting too. But I'm assuming you add all this other stuff later. Afterwards, right. yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I've done that for a really long time. That's my niece. All of these have been posed from life. So far, the only one that hasn't is the zigzaggy one with the woman, the white-haired woman, and okay. the guy I told you it was the patient one. Is this the girl who drew you in uh, when she was seven? No, that's my other niece. Okay. Yeah, that, that's another niece. But this is my niece. Did I tell Oops. you that was my niece? How would you know? That you was just my said niece. it was your niece. Yeah. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. okay. I missed that. Uh-huh. This I did. This is another demo in my Arizona workshop. And for those who can see this, this is what Rose looks like when she's painting. What's that? Just dancing around the like w a painting version. ninja. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fun it's kind of a crazy pose that poor guy yeah. is really good <laughs> this guy posed for me in town here so he cool. is an iowan uh-huh this is the incognito series all the rest of those were illusion series except for the guy in the upstairs wait are all the and incognito the, some kind of an egyptian reference or no no the, this is mayan right? oh this is mayan of course the, i duh of course it's mayan that's all right you know the one where I told you the black and white? That's yeah. actually uh, that's actually the Ajanta Caves in India, right? No, the other one. I'm sorry. No, I can't. The, woman, the two women talking to each other. It's called The Conversation. All right, or, we'll go back to that in a minute. Oh, this one here. This one here? Yeah, that's the Ajanta Caves in India. Oh, okay. So you'll see they're, they're all different cultures that I'm painting here. I kind of sort of still think it's sort of connected to the the whole it's still looking at how we how we define ourselves or how we see ourselves and how we frame ourselves this is oh, a new this one's new too i really this like is, this uh, one yeah i the love Byzantine the way you one. captured that mosaic quality with paint yeah that's yeah. cool i thought i did those squares so long those little brush strokes <laughs> i thought i said to chuck i don't know if i'll be able to do big strokes again <laughs> It was, Man, it was kind of, it looks tedious. Yeah. It was Man. a little, it was a little tedious because there are a lot of, believe it or not, there's a lot of decisions in there. No, oh, I know. Funny. Like in the white, you were very careful to make the colors and values a little bit different. So it really feels like natural mosaic tile. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Stuff and that this, a lot of people might not notice. Right. You have to know though, too, that this, the references for these are pretty, pretty bad right these are just yeah. like looking at them off the internet like i didn't go to this so it's spending a lot of time trying to figure out uh exactly how the mosaics might be laid and then i like do i i do research i mean i really find it interesting to research stuff it's so different from when i grew up in the 80s you didn't uh yeah get research sucked right it was yeah, looking at seriously. really big huge books in the library and you get dizzy sick, right? Mm -hmm. But now research is on the internet. It's just like so fun, you know? So I really enjoy that. This is the same, this is a Janta Caves again, and this is just a different section. This is my, like my newest painting. That is Yeah, beautiful. I just finished that a, few, a couple of months ago. Oh, I really this is like, like this the one. First one. This is the first one in that series. I did that in 2002 though. 
Oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. Right. Yeah, 2002, right? You've been working on the series for 20 years? No, no, I didn't do it for a long time. And then I just started doing it again. Oh, so all of these paintings are older. All of them are. No, no, no. All of them. Most of them are new. No, I mean all of the um, Incognito series is older. Using paintings from the past and putting contemporary people into those scenes. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. This one is the the old, the first one. That's my parents. They <laughs> posed for me in my studio. <laughs> that is a great portrait. Did you keep that one? Is it? Yeah, we have it, Good. actually. I went into their house, showed up at their house one morning at breakfast time and saw my dad in that t-shirt and my mom standing behind her bathroom with that, like a cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh, I really want to paint that. But their house isn't quite possible. So I wound up having them come down to my studio and doing it oh, for really? morning after morning. Yeah. Oh, and you did this, this from life really as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's from life. They, they posed the they whole time. They were willing to pose I, for that. Well, your parents are great sports. Oh, yeah. My parents are great sports. The, the cup's a little flat. Yeah. This one's a fun one. I that really one's like pretty new, one. right? You just did that one last year, well, didn't you? Well, no, that's the... No, that's the Illusion series. That's oh, okay. in 2017. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so this is the one that your niece did. Or yeah, this is the, the you did the painting, but this the the Trumploy is the one you're referring to earlier. Yeah. Right. That's her drawing of me on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another one. Let's see. A couple more here. What, That's when another was this for one the done? illusions. Okay. Same book, 2017. That's for the illusions. Same. That's also. I think I probably started in 2016 and finished in 17. This one's funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. One thing I like about your work too is that you paint about personal things to you, not big obvious social issues that everyone's doing thinking about, right? Um, well, I try to find a way i mean i don't know this is like my most sort of i would say sort of culturally or politically sort of driven series is this one yeah the thing i was going to say earlier when i talked about the waves of misperception migrating that title mm-hmm. um this whole series and we were talking about the language like the the text alongside a painting this whole series is very driven by their titles as well like oh really the titles are very yeah 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 um, okay, so and it gives, I want to talk about this. The like one. a doorway into the painting. Okay, fair enough. The tale's like a doorway into the painting, you know? Yeah. And and also, all the titles tell you what the optical illusion is, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I somehow describe the optical illusion, like waves of misperception migrating, you know? It's because that bar is waving, it a straight, the, the, the proportions get visually changed in your head, right? Right. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's kind of what I don't know if that that's why I said I don't know about that title really knocking it out, but I'm but the all of these and I think it's interesting to find to give people sort of a back to that idea that you were talking about the painted word. I think it's good to have the pain and then some word too. I, I like them both, you know, yeah. a little. So no, the titles I think are really it is good. nice too. And I've done many paintings where you need some kind of description to really understand what it means because of that lack of a common language. 
Well, I heard oh. you describe uh, one of your paintings somewhere. And when you described it, I saw that all those layers inside of your painting. And it was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it, it was kind of sort of I should have known. Oh, no, 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 no. It didn't know. But I did wonder about what what was in it. It was a portrait commission you did when the dad wasn't really there and the family was like, and they had the, he had the portrait <laughs> yeah. and he had the mom give the kids peanut butter or something like that. Is that the right one? Yeah. 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 And the dad was hanging that, on the wall in the background. In the background on a portrait, right. It's mm -hmm. a photograph or something. See, that was really fun. Now that's kind of how, but you, you could see, like I knew there was something going on in that painting, but when you said that, I was like, Oh my God, that family's got to love that portrait. I mean, yeah. that because, the dad might hate you, it, but you, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. you know, I think the dad should have a sense of humor about it, but then that's me putting something on that poor father. No, I Who think knows, he did. Right? They but, liked it. They liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, you know, it, it, what I found when you were describing some of those ideas is that you really, you're doing that same kind of thing. I really like to mine an idea or like to derive your, to derive your painting from the people that you're painting, right. Yeah. Or with the people that you're painting and, you, or like that was I thought that was super clever yeah I'm trying know, to so yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> how yeah. big is this painting same uh this so the entire illusion series sits at a 48 inch uh vertical okay and wow. then the, the proportions on the horizontals change so I think this is 48 by 60 I think this is the same size as the uh the other one the uh um waves of misperception so the name of this painting is, since I've been talking about it, I love this title. Ready? Mm -hmm. It's long. Okay. Okay. Which I also find really fun, okay, to make like super long titles sometimes and then super short titles. Yeah, watch this. That's really good, Jeff. Do that again. Go back. Make it smaller for a second. Go make it really small as you can make it. That's as small right. as I can One go. Yeah. Time. Darn it. Okay. All right. All right. The name of this painting is A Skewed View Rendered Squarely by Closer Proximity. <laughs> that is a mouthful it's a mouthful but you see how the, it becomes square yeah right? but when you the smaller it gets and if it's even smaller like if you just roll your chair back further make it as small as you can and then have people just step back it gets even more cockeyed right why that is it doing that what why is it doing go that back, go back even further go back go back really far it just okay. becomes almost like all right crazy see that all right what the... do you see it what? and then go and then go close to it and then do your zoom in and you'll see how it all is just squares right same with that how other one is that, that freaking possible wait but they well, are the, the lines are parallel everything's parallel everything's why is it's that happening because because the black and the white squares against each other in that that placement i think is what's happening on this one this one, I actually, I feel I'm a little ashamed that I don't really know how to tell you what's going on in your brain to the optical illusion. Right? Oh my now, gosh, look, I'm tripping. That's right. And that so, is so weird. So this is crazy, Jeff, because you see what you just did. Like you, you when now uh, bring it into there. Okay. All right, bring wait, it to where? Tiny bit to here? Okay. So if you zoom out a little bit, just if, uh, out, out, yep, good. That's kind of what I'm seeing in the mirror in the studio behind me. When I okay. turn around, okay. I see it like that. Okay. Just a hair. All right. Now zoom in really 
close, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. This is what I'm painting. Because okay? it's huge, bigger than life. Right, it's huge. And it's, yeah, it's bigger than life. Like that eyes, I don't know how big, maybe six inches or four inches or something like that, right? Wow. So it's really, really big as I'm working on it up close. And I see it in the mirror and I can see the optical illusion is working a little bit, right? But I can see it. It's a little cockeyed, okay? Oh. But I'm like, why isn't it more cockeyed, you know? But then it, I know, oh, it's working, it's working. But when I'm up close, it doesn't work at all. I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, what the hell is that? And then... And then I thought I'd made a mistake, right? Because I'm just as, all of these, this optical illusion you can find on the internet, it's called the cafe illusion. And it's just black and white squares on the internet. It does not have a person behind it, does not have all those colors. That's all stuff that I'm, I'm trying to do in the studio, right? <laughs> to wow. see if it actually works. And, and it, it, so it's in a kind of experiment because it's also really big, you know, it's not just small. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And what am I doing wrong? And Chuck's like, maybe he didn't have the squares dark enough. And oh, so he can't see it either because he's too close to it. That's right. We couldn't see it either because <laughs> we're both too close to it, right? He couldn't see it. It's like, and like, oh, no, no. I'm like arguing, no, please, no. Because this is this is glazed. Like, I wound up glazing oh, it down. Oh, I was going to ask you how you got that translucency. So you painted okay. it all one. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Oh. Let, me, let, me, let me back up, okay? Okay. I painted the dark squares, her skin, darker. Okay. Shut up. No, you, you telling me you I just, thought, with every square, you just out of your mind increase well, the values. I remember I'm using a Photoshop image that I did try this with, right? And oh, so okay, I, okay. I'm, okay, okay. And I put this uh, technique and then I put this over top of it and then I changed the transparency so I could see it. Okay, right? okay. But, but Jeff, you, this is, but when you go zoom in now, go zoom into that, all right? Especially like the eye part, I really like the, the eye, eye part. Like sick. I like the nose too, the highlights on yeah, the nose. Yeah, the nose too. Yeah, I really love that, right? The dark. Now, this was really, the dark squares were insanely beautiful, right? And there was a bias toward purple. Like, yeah. oh my God, I so loved them when I was painting them. But the optical illusion wasn't working. Like, what the hell? And I'm like, what the hell, Chuck? It's not working. And so we're both like, he's like, you're going to have to make them darker. I'm like, no, no, they're perfect. Because it was so cool visually. Like the colors were so good, you know? And I'm like, and he's like, no, you're going to have to do it. And I'm like, oh. So I did, I would say, not even a full value, but a half value of a glaze over time, top of it. Just a hair darker. Just okay? over the dark squares. Just over the dark squares that were already painted darker. Okay, just a hair of a. I know blade. what you're gonna say, and it still didn't work. And it still didn't work. Well, that's great. And so you wiped it off. No, I left it. Oh, you okay? did leave it. I left it. All right, it still didn't work, and it was because the optical illusion only works when you're further away from it. You see? Yeah. So right, like you have to be back further in the room because the painting was so big. Okay. I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell that it was actually working because the scale was so large, right? But as soon as you give enough distance between you and the painting, it totally works and it didn't need to get darker. It was about proximity. And so then I'm like, well, that's the title, a skewed view rendered squarely by closer proximity. Oh my gosh, right? that title is brilliant. And it was came from, it came from realizing what was wrong with the optical illusion 
let me see this. So I figured it out because I walked all the way across my studio and then I looked, I'm like, hey, it's totally working from across the room. I'm like, oh my God, it's because of the large, it's large and I got to come closer, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I find this painting to be about aging, right? About yeah. how we get older and you have a skewed view of a aging, right? When you're young, you think old people, blah, blah, blah about their lives. Or when you get older yourself, your weird ideas about getting older really changes, right? Yeah. The older you get, you, so you're, you get closer by proximity. A skewed view gets rendered squarely by closer proximity. Oh my gosh, you're a genius. That is so no, no. cool. It's a really, but it's not, but look at, you see how I'm just deriving from experience and finding it all within it. It's just like- Yeah, I know, but I mean, I get that, but, but there's a lot of people who haven't come up with such brilliant ideas. I mean, it's such a cool idea. So but I gotta really, ask you from a technical standpoint yeah. though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, um, you left the glaze on, are you happy? I love it, but I don't know what it looked like before. Are you happy about the glaze still? Well, I, are you, it is are you, no longer, it's, it's like, you know, it's no longer what it was before. I can't remember. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I just remember being in love with it. You know, the thing, one of the things that really held me back in a lot of these kind of idea paintings. So when I was younger, I would have, I would have a good idea or like a, a concept painting, this back to painted word painting ideas, like um, more conceptual, less visual. Yeah. It's usually, it's probably my bias, right? I'm really interested in, in trying to paint ideas visually, <laughs> you know, put them out. Um, but anyway, uh, when I was younger, I would have those ideas and I would try to paint them. But while I was in the process of painting it, I would generally fall in love with one part of the painting. And then the idea would get, the idea itself would get, uh, um, become second. Okay, I would give up the idea for this visual, like, oh, I really love how, like, I like have a model, I'm going to have them come in doing some weird thing, and it's supposed to mean this one thing, and I'm going to put all these objects around, objects around it. But then the model comes, and they're there, and they're so amazing, and like, I start painting them, and the painting's looking cool, and I'm like, oh, and it becomes a new thing, right? Yeah, I've so been there. So most of my, what? You I've totally that, right? done the same thing, yeah. Most of my career until like the last eight years, I would just give into that, that in the moment impulse and just let that kind of drive it and not keep stick to my original idea, mm -hmm. like my main impulse. And now I'm kind of sticking to my idea and sacrificing the painting. These things that I fall in love with for the bigger idea. Fair enough. Like, and, I'm, and that I'm, I'm assuming, I'm, my I'm assuming you're happier going in that direction. I, I think that, uh, I think that it certainly needed to be explored by me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, I think it was probably largely Jeff. It's because when you work from life, so many elements come into your experience that you can't anticipate. There's like, you're such, it's such a fine dance when you're painting your model from life and you're trying to have them become part of a big concept piece and something like that, that unless you're super rigorous, you know, and holding on to your idea, this the siren song of the experience of painting somebody can really take you in a different direction than what your intention is and it's just like i get i get like sung down that road so much well that's so why there's so many painters that just i don't i don't mean just in a negative way 
Um, uh-huh. I, um, and I'm not simplifying or reducing what they do down to something less, but there are a lot of painters that literally just paint what they see. That's their whole stick. Today, I'm going to paint this landscape. Tomorrow, I want to paint that vase. The next day, I want to paint that yeah. portrait. Because there's yeah. there's something about that that's so addictive and it's and totally hypnotizing. Powerful. You could totally have a whole career just on that. That's right. It is yeah. it is it is powerful experience. Yeah. In fact, anybody who criticizes in a way, I mean, let me say it this way. I don't mean to say it this way. Let me say it in a different way. I'm not talking about anybody who criticizes. I think it's okay to criticize some of that for not having a lot of thought behind it. Okay, I can, you can kind of. From some parts of the art world, there might be more expectations of a painting. Fair right, enough. Right. Okay. I can I can understand that criticism from that point of view. But the people who can really hold on to that criticism in a really big way are people who've never had that experience of painting. I mean, that experience of painting is so awesome. I mean, it is so wonderful and it's so present. Okay. It's it's a little like you're walking on a cliff, right? Because it, it, the painting, the failure of the painting is so close to its success. Like you could so easily slip and go off the cliff when you're painting that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like when I, when I, I mean, my learning to paint kind of the from life, natural sort of scenes, my failure rate in the first decade was probably 10 to one. I'd have one good one out of 10 paintings. Well, I guess that would be one to nine or whatever, but, but uh, is that the way, which way the math go? I don't know. Which no, way I don't math know. Goes <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I used to fail all the time because you, you know, all the elements are like time is, you don't have any control over time. You know, you know, no photographs, just out there winging it, failing, failing, failing. And your skills kind of aren't there, you know, getting how much you can get down and understanding how to interpret and to, I think I heard you say with uh, with Quang Ho, he called it, uh, um, what was his word? I think it was an E word. He said uh, he, um, e, 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 oh, now I can't remember it. I don't uh, either. He, he, he takes like the efficiency. I think oh, he said Oh, yeah, because I called him like the art ninja or the he, or his wife yeah, calls yeah, him yeah. the yeah, fastest yeah, he, brush in the West or yeah. whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. He was talking about the efficient way to paint a scene, right? Yeah. And that's really editing in a way. It's like it's like choosing the most essential thing. Like we were talking about back to the children drawing, like the most essential thing about you, which is how they get their likeness of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I mean, like just the the most thing that most needs to be represented to represent that. You know, um, it's really hard to learn or even to experience that when you're out there and everything's coming at you. And it's like, whoa, which ones? You know, and and uh, you just slam them all down and then you fail 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 tons of paintings that did not work out tons in the early days but uh this part so let me just go back one just let's just touch on that idea just for a second i I find it kind of interesting i would be interested in knowing about this if i was a younger painter Mm -hmm. okay um so you have this idea this the experience of painting it comes in and changes the idea right and then being able to come back and actually when to let go of it and let it become the new thing from the experience or when to actually rein it in and have it become part of your idea. Okay. Back to the original idea. That is, that is like, for me, been probably so challenging that in my early days, the paintings would always be of two natures, right? You would have a little bit of the idea 
and then the siren song of the painting experience combined. Yeah. And people wouldn't quite know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like it would not be able to be understood or it didn't translate or, you know what I mean? It looked a little like an attempt, you know, it looked like, mm, not quite, you know, but learning, learning to which one I want to give into now that that's experience, which one, you know, but with this show, of course, I was going to hold on to my idea. Yeah. I would sacrifice that really beautiful painting to get it to work, to make it zigzaggy or to make it skewed, you know? Yeah. Maybe this my isn't a good comparison, my- but is it kind of like the, this idea of form versus function? Um, yeah, I was go yeah, ahead. Keep yeah. On. Because you, you know, like I'm, yeah, as you mentioned before, I have a lot of hobbies. So I just engineered a pencil sharpener that that I needed because I have these pencils that break. They're so soft, they break in any sharpener. So I made one that sharpens them. But I was uh-huh. really particular about making it also beautiful, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I had to figure out a balance between function and form, right? So, and, and I think paintings are that way too, where yeah. it's okay to get hypnotized by like painting that eye. Yeah. But you have to find that. I mean, I'm maybe you don't have to, but I think it's, it's nice. It's really successful, at least in my opinion, when you can find that balance between being so drawn in and just enamored with that eye without losing the overall concept. That's right. I mean, that, that, that is to me, that's where I want to live. Like I want, and, and it may be, it may look like a series of not, getting it until I learn what that is, right? That is definitely a learn. Like you have to learn, you have to experience not getting it. You have to experience all, all of those things. Do you know what I mean? Like all the failures to try to find that balance or even to find getting a great eye and the great idea, you know, and the idea that not, maybe not great idea, but the idea that you're, you're F, you know, I don't know. I find that super, I find that super, I find this super interesting Mm -hmm. But with this Series, you know, huh? I'm probably guilty, maybe more of than I sh- probably should be. I'm maybe it's actually. Let me just say it this way: when I'm designing a piece for the series, I didn't really care if it was beautiful, like or if it looked good or anything. Really? Do you know what I mean? You yeah, must at remember. some point decide that you care because they turn out beautiful. I mean, I'm like maybe on this one, I think I remember the decision going: should it be peach or not? Like right? Like the other squares as it bounced off of her skin on the background here. Yeah. I remember that would be like, that was my main aesthetic thing that I, that I was like, should it be white? Should it be peach? Should it be, you know, which color would I want to emphasize to on that side? And, and can and I think, you know, like that's like, maybe that's an aesthetic choice, but that's all I really remembered. But the main driver of the question of it becoming peach was, what color would most get her skin to also become part of a square, right? Like, like I needed a color that still helped make her skin be squares. Remember that those little laws or those little rules that you, mm-hmm. that I was telling that these kind of paintings sort of you, 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 you frame for these kind of uh, paintings. That was probably the one I was like, I got to make sure it looks like her skin over there. You know what no, I mean? I but you're why. making a lot of creative decisions. Okay. Like, like for example, well, you. Well, no, no. Let me say this. Let me say. Okay. It. I'm talking about in the designing process. Right. On these pieces. No, I'm talking about that too. Like where you put her slightly okay. off center, made it really interesting that way. 
Oh, I did do that. You're right. Yeah, okay, and I where you you That's made true. the block stripe, you made the the base stripe on the bottom and the top hit right at the edge of the canvas. Yeah. Um, yeah. The way you the, the yeah the way you have very few tangents. You know, along oh, the side, you manage to balance the squares nicely so oh, yeah, that you don't end up right. with any tangents. Ah, oh, oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, you, you're making decisions you don't even know you're making, probably. <laughs> I did do all those, right? Yeah, okay. I, did all those. I don't know if that, I don't know if that, if the driver was to make it beautiful, I, maybe those were just impulse decisions. Maybe they feel like you just can't help decisions. it. <laughs> well, maybe we all like when you're this long into the career, or long, yeah. this long into the, you make them without thinking about it. I do remember you go over to that right side. I do you remember that one being a little close and bothered by it, right? This one here. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not. It's not though. It's it okay. works well because yeah. the scale of it. I mean, that's got to be a two inches, or maybe not well, two inches, but maybe a half an inch, three quarters of an inch. Half inch. I think it's yeah. half inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably yeah. fine. But but you're absolutely right. Did you remember that? Now that you mention it, I do like this rhythm on the left side, like that, the the shape of those blacks. Mm -hmm. You know, I do like that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. But yeah. you almost couldn't get away without, because I'm thinking about if there's any way, one of them is going to be a little awkward. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm surprised you didn't have more than one where you almost hit yeah. a tangent because you've got to. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that would be really hard to do if not impossible. I must have been trying to figure that out. I'm sure I, you I, had I, to have been. Now that we're driving, you're going back into that, that me, I'm starting to sort of see, oh, yeah, I remember trying to figure that one out, you know. So this really maybe this maybe leads to the other thing I want to talk to you about. Sure. Is the it's the micro decisions that you you're making that I admire so much about you. And let, so I'm going to zoom in. This is this is what makes you Don't you make them too? Well, of course. Of course. Them. I mean, I try yeah. to, but you just do it yeah. so well. So the look at look at the tiny little color decisions. I'm, not, oh, yeah. I'm so, not you. Obviously, you know this stuff. I'm talking to the audience, but huh? these little beautiful yeah. violets and greens and look at the look at the color yeah. of that highlight. You know what that reminds me of? The color of those highlights right there look like the side of a pearl. Yeah, I love that. No one does that. <laughs> I love I love trying to get that. No like, one yeah. does that. You are. Nobody does that? Um, I don't know. I mean, you're you're you I do, do it exceptionally. That. Um, yeah, your skin tones that. are just pearlescent. Like, right. That's a perfect adjective, at least for this woman's skin. Yeah. Um, well, let me say this. She posed from life for me. I did a portrait commission of her. Right. And, uh, that was great. So, cause I, you know, part of what you get to see is all those colors from life. Yeah. And you really, you really get to like be with that person too. So then I asked her if I could use her in the big piece. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, would you mind if I do if I do you in the illusion show? And she's like, no, it's okay. But this was like a really, but she, you know, she, that kind of skin, her skin. I mean, she's she's a little older, so you know, older people have that yellow. Is it going to be yellow? Is it going to be the pinks on the tops? I mean, you get all those different things happening in their skin. And then I'm painting underneath the north light, like this. She posed for me in my studio, and I have window light coming in, so there's going to be purples in there and blue greens and stuff but you know i i really jeff i love to do that i mean when i was younger the main thing i always uh always was the thing that killed my paintings the most for me like when i thought a painting failed the primary driver was color 
like, oh, I got to get that color right. Got to get that color right. I think Nancy Goosey and I both used to like striving for color, trying to get the color, you know, that we saw trying to get that so much. It was like the main driver. And in fact, in my paintings, like let's say I'm setting up a still life, the, the arrangement, I wish I was a better at designing a painting with values or shapes, but I design paintings with colors. Like I figure out how to move a color around a painting. And I now know it to sort of change the shapes of those colors a little bit more because of people like you and Kwong and Well, it's Nancy. funny you mentioned like, Kwong because he says the opposite. He's like, I suck at color and I design with shape. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's, because of him, he's made me pay attention to shape, yeah. right? I mean, I Where disagree with him, was... just for the record. I disagree with him, but what? that's what he said, yeah. Yeah, I disagree with him, too. I, it's hilarious because those uh, those landscape, those figures in the landscape, it's all color. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah. Dynamite. But, but, but anyway, I'm always, that's really been my impulse, like to figure out how to arrange the colors really nice, right? In fact, making the color decisions on these types of paintings where you don't have, like, you're not looking at the thing and you're just trying to figure out what you want it to look like. Yeah. Color is usually the thing that kicks me, like kicks my ass, if you don't mind if I say it. Like, just really, it really humbles me. Like, I got to get it the right color. Like I'm working on a big painting. Okay, in my well, before studio. you, can I cut you off there for a sec, though? Yeah. I want to talk about what you mean by the right color because I don't believe, and we, I think we've yeah. talked about this a little bit, um, but I don't believe you're literally copying. I think this is what I think. Yeah. So there are there there are musicians, like there there you put two violinists next to each other, right? One violinist is, is, doesn't maybe have the same aptitude as the other. And you listen to the one play a song and yeah, all the notes are right. They're in the right place. They have the right tempo. Everything is in the, where it should be. But the other one, the other violinist just knows where to emphasize, where not to emphasize and just mm -hmm. makes that violin just sing. And it's just like, sounds just so beautiful. I mean, I've experienced yeah. both of those, right? So what I think you're doing with the flesh and with color in general is, yeah, you're looking at it and you're being inspired by what you see, but you're Definitely. emphasizing in all the right places. And that is a whole different thing. You're saying, no, I need you to push this and right. push that. What's that? <laughs> you just, you just use the word, right. You, you're emphasizing it all in the right places. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Right. You're emphasizing, <laughs> you're emphasizing it in all. Yeah. And in, in, in the right places, meaning the places that are going to make that thing really so much more beautiful than it even is in real life. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I I I know that you and I have this discussion. I think I see those colors, but maybe I don't. It's possible. It's another little lie. Oh yes, we did have that. I remember it now. Yeah, when right. I was in your workshop. Yeah, which that's I right. Really enjoyed. I took your workshop and we had that discussion. And you're like, you don't really see those colors. I'm like, yeah, I think I do. Right. I usually think I see more colors than I'm able to put down. Right. right. But I, I just feel like that's my, uh, that's actually one of the things that's painful is I can't get all the colors I actually see. But the thing I'm willing to do that I think I don't do that other people do do is they try to temper it like that scene, right? You try to frame it into an idea of what that form might need to do. And I'm willing to go ahead and fail at getting that value right or just just to see if I can get the color right, you know, like I'm willing to throw that blue green down 
even though it might be able to, I probably can turn the form more solidly and more form-like, right? More three-dimensionally, if I were just to take that yellow and add a little bit of a cooler yellow family and then a little bit, you know, with it. So, oh wait, so you are modifying slightly. No, no, no. I think that this is what, I honestly think this is what a lot of people would see, but I think people who bias toward form modify away from color because it's hard to control value when you do use a lot of color. Right. You follow me? No, I totally follow you. I, like I said in our previous discussion, it's just hard. Yeah. I mean, I believe that you believe that you see all this color. Yeah. But I know. I, I but know. I also but believe that many people don't see all that color. So when you look at me right now on this camera, do you. Well, this camera's awful. Color. I can't see. Yeah. You're. You, but you can't see all my color on my skin right now? Well, no, I no, because the camera's awful. But I know what you mean if I were to see you in person. Where's right? my neck? You can't see, you can't see this uh, like up here too, really good. Oh, no, exactly. I, see, I see the general, yes, of course. And you know, and of course I and see that you're, you know, there are, there are, there's more green in your neck, there's more pink in your cheeks, it's, it gets cooler in your forehead. Right. Yeah. No, I see all that. I'm talking about Look the micro green. decisions. Look how green this one is right here. Look how green that is. Let me, my finger, I'm going to put it there and I'll pull my finger away, right? Okay. No, no, no. No, I see all that. Okay. Yes. So I'm Do glad we're green. having this discussion. This is great. What here's what here's what I'm talking about. Look so, how pink my cheek is by comparison. Look at that. <laughs> this is how I do it, right? No, this I get all that. How I do it. Okay, but look. I need to, but look, look at it. It is so green compared to my cheek, right? I totally see related. that. I totally see that. I'm not talking about the big color zones. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna zoom in here, even I'm more. I'm gonna go ahead and put that color. Okay. That's the what's magical do. about you is like you're right in here. Okay, and I. I you've got <laughs> you've got violets, turquoise, yellows, pinks, oranges, all within yeah. a centimeter. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying yeah. you're designing colors. It's there, not not the big region. Like you see, the cheek is more pink, right? But you're optically mixing, optically you're mixing pinks, yellows, yeah. greens, turquoise, blues, right there in that tiny little spot. Yeah. And I don't believe yeah. that you're copying every tiny little spot. I believe that there is where you're making those micro decisions and that's what sets you I apart. Probably, I probably am probably making those micro decisions. I'm probably trying to make the correct decision like form wise. No, I'm don't, don't keep do doing what, what you're doing. But that's no, what no, I mean. No, I'm gonna tell you, I'm probably trying to do what I'm supposed to do but I can't help myself. I probably try to make the even the next colors. Yes, I broke Rose Franson. <laughs> I probably am, and I can't quite match it because here's what I do, Jeff. This is okay. the thing that I do that probably makes that happen is I don't mix a big, huge pile of color and then just go off of that pile. No, you're mixing I'm on mixing, the canvas in a way. I'm mixing on the canvas, and I'm also on my palette, I'm mixing this color next to this color next to this color, and I don't always make enough, right? So then I try it again, and well, that one's a little purpler, and I'm like, well, that still works. <laughs> and I put it up there. Okay, so <laughs> you know what? Hey, there's a I lot of things about, you know, it's sort of our weaknesses. Sometimes it make us 
unique and beautiful. You know what I mean? And so you yeah. want, you might want to call it a weakness. I call it a strength because you don't get rid of it. So maybe that's where the strength comes in is you let it be. And it just, it, it just vibrates in yeah, uh, with think life. Um, and I'm going for that in my paintings too. I think maybe the difference is maybe I'm hyper aware of what I'm doing. Whereas you are like, you just describe it as just like, oh, that's just what happens when I'm searching for the color. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but no, I'm definitely, I am searching for the color. That is definitely, definitely my experience. Right. It is the one conversation, no matter what I'm painting, I'm continuously having in my head. Right. Yeah. How, yeah. How, what color is it? How light? How dark? Does it need to be more? You know, that's yeah. really the length. Does it need more red? Does it need more? Should be more pink. Should be more purple here. Should be. It is really the conversation I'm having all the time. Yeah. Oh, you know? this is good. Now I, because I, I, I remember leaving that conversation in the workshop just being completely confused, but I think I understand you now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, but I let can't me just back up. Let me back up one thing. I definitely want to say to you before we go, just, I want to hear just a fraction. Cause you said something, Jeff, you are an amazing colorist like you, but you, you do it in layers. You have one layer intermixing with the top layer. It's just, you see color, you see color so fantastically. Oh, so thank awesome. you. Thank you. Like, I absolutely love, love, love your work for that. Also, I really, really love that you do it with so much material, like with the amount of paint you use when you do it. And that, if I, if I can tell you one of the things I'm aiming for is to do more and more paint yeah. as I do these colors, right? I want to figure out how to have it thicker and, you know, then choose, choose. Uh, I'm, I'm really more too trying to, I don't think I'm going to give up this color sensitivity or even oh, this no, color please bias. Don't. Or, yeah. But I, but I am really interested in also trying to work at, have it work on another level of form. Like I want my form to be super, super, uh, no, let me say this. I want to be able to have my form when I wish to, to be super form filled, you know, like super dimensional. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I was telling you, I, I think I told you some phone call. I really want that head to feel like a rounded thing, you know, eventually. I mean, hmm. Well, I think you're already there, but I, I mean, I'm not looking at it in person, but I, but I, I know how it is. Cause we're all, yeah. we're never satisfied. Right. And, and that's probably right. why you're as good as you are because you're always looking further. You're looking ahead. We're but, all, we are, you are too. Yeah. With you, right? I mean, that's it what we it's do. kind and of a sickness. That. All right. Let's look at a couple it. more. Why are, judging it? why are you judging it? It's not a sickness. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, about, it's it's a sickness if you ask him if you ask I don't know how Chuck feels, but ask my wife. He's like, Why do you keep on expecting that construction worker to make the fence so perfect? Oh. <laughs> All right. So I like this, this one too. One. I want to talk about this is an old one. Would you rather yeah. talk about some newer ones? No, no. I mean we can I'd be fine with talking about this old one because this one is sort of pain the only painful part about it is I draw much better now, right? You know what I mean? But other than that, it's okay. Okay. So don't be, and nobody beat me up for like- Well, we can't see your model, so we don't know how, I mean, it looks really well drawn to me. I really love oh, that hand. Good. Oh, that's good. I was really proud of that hand at the time I did that too. Yeah. I mean, she posed that hand, right? But she, I don't want to point out what's wrong with the drawing. Don't, don't, don't I, point I out. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's, no one can I tell. love this painting. 
Right. Okay, good. That's fair. All right. But uh, it's still like, um, I still, I still love this painting. I love this painting for the whole, the whole thing. Well, tell me about the whole series. Maybe this could be just to represent that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really interested in two dimensions. You can go to the Egyptian one to show another one. And then the the Byzantine one is one. Okay, the Egyptian one is here. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that one's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then there's this one was uh, from India. From India, yeah. Ajantic, the Ajanta Caves, A-G-A-N-T-A is what that is. Then you got the Mayan one and the Byzantine. And then uh, the, they're so small. This is the Mayan right one. Yeah. That's the good one. Yeah. yeah. And then the Byzantine, then the Byzantine is that this one. Yeah. yeah. Byzantine. I think and the Byzantine the is- and this one are my yeah. favorites. Oh, I don't know. Go to this. Go to the one in between. Go to the one in between. Go oh, the, the one, one in between. between those two. You yeah, like that's beautiful one? too. Um, I like them all. I like them all. You should zoom in on this one. Can okay. you zoom in? This one's really fun color because this is actually I'm trying to be more like you. Yeah, you've There's got a lot of beautiful one. textures, and this There's one here almost looks like is. Do you have some paint actually peeled off, or is that? That's one. That's that's Trump Lloyd. I'm trying to make it look oh. like the, it's like chunks of the wall are missing. Uh, like chunks of the paint. The the the. the Holy crap, yeah, well, you tricked me. You Are you joking? No, I honestly thought that was peeled off. Yeah, you totally tricked no, me. No, yeah. So yeah, trumploy, for those who don't understand, trumploy is where you make the surface of the canvas. You might be able to find this better, yeah. Rose. The, you, the surface of the canvas looks like the, or it looks like the object is sitting actually on the surface of the canvas. Well, is that a good way to describe tri- it? Well, it's tricked the eye, and I think you're you're sort of, having people believe the objects really there. Right. right? Yeah, or that there you it's go. actually, yeah. Like I'm, is that fair Chuck? Chuck, we'll have Chuck be there final. What were you doing? Did you hear? Sorry. Oh, Chuck missed it. Never mind. So Somebody trick the eye. And she literally tricked me into believing that she actually pulled a piece of paint yeah. off, but she didn't. That's. Yeah. That's to, right. Yeah. That's it. And so this one's got that holes in it in places. Right? That's, but just, just painting. But what I like about this one, in that way is I do this one I worked on just trying to build up the paint. It's pretty thick for me, you know, and I'm trying to get thicker and thicker. So like up above the head on mm-hmm. the, the center, the, the one with the white veil. Yeah. That's pretty thick up there. You know, go but you know, I'm looking at this photograph and it's it's blurry. It is it's a little blurry. High. Sorry about that. We okay. Chuck probably didn't you can't really tell when we photograph them. So I mean, the only thing I probably could have done is to even make it even thicker, you know, would be, but I, but at some point I was really falling in love with a lot of the colors. You see, like, you see right below your hand right now, you see that all that, like, that, that looks like a little bit like a, um, that peacock feather, like it has all those different mm-hmm. colors in it. I was like, so in love with it. I didn't want to keep building it up. Yeah. Thick paint. Generally, that would be my thing. I give up the thick paint if it's starting to work, which I wish I could keep going, you know? Yeah, it looks like but you used a lot of palette knife and stuff. Oh, mm, no. I don't use palette knife, but I use my scrape tool. Oh, well, yeah. okay. So not a brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah, I could kind of lay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. I like anyway, this one. Anyway, sorry. 
Yeah, he's liking it more now. Yeah, I no, I like. <laughs> I liked it before. It's just um, I just really love. I I there's something the, about the the tile look on this one. It's just yeah. really cool. Can you get? Is this one a high res? Is the res good enough on this one? This one's pretty fun tile. And yeah, and this model good, looks familiar. Is this the girl from Scottsdale or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's tattooed though. She's got the tattoo down her center of yeah. her face, and she's got tattoos here. Her whole yeah. chest is tattooed in her hands. She's all, she's got the nose ring and the splint. Her name, Ariana, she calls her name, her, her Scott's name, I think is Fox, right? Yeah, I can't X, remember, I but so. yeah, I, I know I've seen her. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's from her. She posed for the, for me there for my workshop. And then I did this. I was like, well, I'm going to put you in my series, <laughs> my yeah. incognito series. And when was it's this really one painted? Day. I just did this one in the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022. Okay. okay. Yeah, this is like that and the one you, the Indian one are both the newest ones. These are all, all of these, this series is since 2019. And, you know. I can't even imagine so. how tedious these tiles were. Yeah, they're not, they get a little, they're a little thick, right? Like somebody saw it from life and thought it was actually mosaic for a second oh know? i believe it it's very convincing yeah. and you even here, have some variation you yeah. have a variation within the tiles oh yeah of course see that's that same problem i can't mix the same color twice <laughs> 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 what a pain man no it, it adds to it yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been fun, right? Mm -hmm. I remember the purple. I thought it'd be there forever. It was the, it was deciding what what way you would actually lay that tile, like how would you wrap it around that halo or that sort of thing, like what direction would a person who was really making that tile do it? That was like what was so challenging. I had to think that the whole time. Like, oh, I hate thinking this thought because <laughs> sorry, it was slightly boring. To think that thought you know oh, what I yeah mean? no like, totally so that brings up a question do you ever get bored painting or is it you just always love being behind the canvas but well so when I started this painting before that before I realized how detailed that how long I'd be painting squares I was totally totally excited but you know what honestly when I when I uh, maybe it's this let me say it this way I did get a little bit bored painting the red. You see the red there? That was a lot of mm -hmm. magenta. I mean, you know, I got a little bored. I remember being a little bored in there. But when I was painting all the blue greens, I didn't get bored because I kept wondering what color to use. So like I kept myself entertained by which color right now. Oh, what there, what there. But the red I kind of got bored with, to be honest with you, just a little like whoa that's really taking a long time there's a lot left to do so as you long know? as you're challenged you're entertained is that fair to say yeah i think that i think that's fair and that there wasn't a lot of doubt in the red right yeah. do you know what i mean yeah there wasn't a lot of wonder it was probably just i when i did this painting i researched that the the biggest question i had doing the red was um what color would they have actually had a tile of at this time? Am I making a color that they couldn't actually make? Like my big question was, if they were using much more organic materials, would they have been able to come up with this color? Hmm. Fair enough? Yeah. 
Like that was the one thing I kept thinking about that whole time. And they had this, uh, um, they had this red, but in a lot of the photographs, it looks like black, but it was actually a purple. And it came from, I don't know if it came from Afghanistan or somewhere that was like super, super, super pricing. Only the, uh, only the royalty got to wear purple. So you know that the queen is there. And then this person had to have something to be able to be purple there too. Fair hmm. enough. Like mm -hmm. they're both higher ranking because of that. That was like, that was just one little, those are, those are things I'm thinking about while I was doing this. I don't know if that's boring, but let me say, this is actually from the, from the Ravenna, Ravenna, Ravenna church. Mm -hmm. It's in, it's in Italy and it's actually all gold. I turned it to turquoise. No way. Where it's, it's turquoise, original gold. No okay. kidding. That must look completely different. In that way, it looks completely different. Well, right. So why did you and choose was, to go with turquoise? Uh, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. No, that's perfect. That, what, I mean, why Isn't else? Isn't it more beautiful? No, it's just a stupid really question, beautiful. I think, actually. <laughs> well, you I know. just like it. Well, you were yeah. so okay. So you you it, you talked about how with the black tie doing all this research. Yeah, you're doing all the research. Honest. You get it exactly right, and then you completely right. shift on the turquoise. The shift of the color. Now, I have done pieces where I actually do real gold leaf, and I could have done it and gotten away those those. Some of that would have gotten done a lot faster if I would have just laid leaf right and yeah. just painted. And which is what they were gold tiles, you know, hmm. with gold behind glass. I could have done that, but uh, I wanted to. I wanted to make it turquoise. <laughs> they did have turquoise back then. I did check that out. You know. So, so what about this? Was this gold in the original? Which part? Where's your Where's your mouse? Oh, your... my mouse in the wrong place. Was this gold Sorry. here in the original? Ah, uh, that's gold in the original. So that's kind of closer. Okay, yeah. so it would have been gold, and this would have been gold. So it would have been a lot of gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all gold. It's like really glows in gold, this piece, this wow. mosaic. It's really beautiful. And wow. I think up at the top, it's different colors too. Mm -hmm. I think I made those colors happen. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not quite, I can't quite remember that image right now from the original. I just, I remember this one, you know, isn't that funny? It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Sorry about my. So what's been your <laughs> favorite of these series? Both to do and, so, and finished. What do you like the most finished and what was the most fun to do? Well, that's not fair question. I don't think I have a favorite on them. So the Egyptian one, the Egyptian one went over with okay. your little guy. Yeah. Right there. I think now this one has, you're missing, it looks like it's a little blown out, a slight bit blown out in the photograph to me. I think I'm surprised. It's not quite as white. Oh, really? It's pretty white, but there's a lot of color layers underneath them, a lot of pinks and purple things and tons of colors are sort of showing through yeah. some of those uh, whites. And I think that this one was really pretty fun, probably, probably the most fun because I was using my scraper and doing colors and just pushing in this one, I pushed the colors. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm kind of there's a this one is this this Egyptian piece. You can actually see this is the Nubians offering to the Egyptian uh, leader or something like that. They're bringing their um, 
their tribute to them. This is what this piece is about. And you can actually see, uh, you can get a pretty good sense of this. I'm pretty close to some of this representation on this one, but mm -hmm. you can't really tell all those colors and stuff. And that's just me having fun. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, and I really like, I really, really, I really, really enjoy doing that. And can, I can never really get bored if I get to make color decisions. You know yeah, what I mean? You can tell. Oh, yeah, it's how I am too. Yeah, like the guy, the the portrait of that guy, the black guy, that that big, huge head. And that's just like fun, right? That's mm -hmm. just color. You know, it's like, can I get away with this purple blue here? Can I get away with green blue there? You know? Yeah, and are you talking about in work. the background, the head, or both? I like on his on his beard. You see yeah, his cheek yeah. as it rolls down into there. Like really, just trying to let. This one's a big piece too. So can I just how much can I let it let it leave it and not and let it be and get, you know, how much can I get away with and still get it to look like what I want it to look like. So like, tell me about like all of the I, architectural. No, that's probably not the right term. The so that's this is this fits into the illusion series. Okay, but what this this part of the series is. Um, one of the, one of these, it's not necessarily an optical illusion as much as it's, uh, called an impossible shape, right? So it's like the MC Escher kind of thing. Yeah. That it doesn't really work. Right. And so this one is really, that's the illusions I put in this one, just yeah. impossible shapes. And I just sort of think of them as kind of, I first sort of feel like he's in a world of impossible shapes, which is why they're all behind him. Do you want me to describe it? Yeah, but he's dreaming of his home. Like a home is also an impossible shape, and the uh, the archway on his hands, I almost think, is like the gesture. I'm going to say this. Don't mind me. Um, it's like the gesture of prayer or desire or wish. Like mm -hmm. an archway is like a. I sort of see it symbolically of, you know, trying to pass through something or yeah. trying to beseech. Even he's got that gesture of prayer, maybe in his hands a little or beseech or wish in mm -hmm. his hand and so maybe this painting is called perhaps or do we just get rid of the perhaps chuck i think we did right it's impossible home for invisible dreams right oh my gosh you're the name so good at titles i love it this whole series is about is trying to marry ideas that we have in the culture or things that are people are suffering from boxes we put people in things that they suffer from and them yeah it's not always oh, it's, it's okay it's, it's a little low on res we're not as good a photographer as you are jeff <laughs> you know i thought i thought kwang you could go pretty big on kwang he got he stayed pretty good res on his you know oh it's still it's pretty but, good though it's not bad yeah not bad right but yeah so this one is this one I'm making up the color like i did him from life he posts for my workshop and then i'm just doing it big yeah. And I'm just like, okay, let's just throw it down. Anything I can get away with. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have a photograph of them, but the photograph is way over there. And I got this big, huge pan. I'm way over here and I'm just like doing it, you know, and saying, oh, let's do this one now. Let's do that one now. And let's just, you know, I, I don't, I hope it doesn't sound like I don't think. I mean, I definitely no, think. I, no, I think it's quite obvious by looking at your work, you're thinking plenty. Um, yeah, I'm, one, I'm a weird nerdy artist, but for some reason, this yeah. like little blue swirly stroke is like really interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, you like that one? Me I don't too. know why. I it's like, like only artists get excited about a stroke, but 
Yeah. And it's also an impossible shape going up and down a strand. I mean, is it a strand of hair? Or is it not a strand of hair? I don't know. I like not knowing. Yeah. See where the pink along the side of his head is? Yeah, right here. You see the pink? Yeah. Okay. See the light pink going to the dark pink, right? Yeah. The the Yeah. Okay. You see that shape right next to it that almost looks like a, it's one of his hairs. That's what's creating the shadow. This here? Yeah. Go up, go all the way up to his forehead and see that. No, now move over. Uh, quarter of inch, the other to the right. You're going the wrong way. Now you have to move it. There you go. Right and down and, and now go down. You see that it's almost matches his skin in between the two lights. There's yeah. a, there's a shape that oh, one, that's his hair. Okay. Casting that cast shadow, right? But oh, I made the I choice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe okay, it's casting this instead. shadow here. That's right. Okay, yeah. This hair is see casting that? that shadow. Yeah. That's right. And I left it like I didn't yeah. make it dark. That was like an aesthetic decision that I, I really like that one. I don't yeah. know why. No, I think I, it works. It doesn't. I don't question it, like, and it makes an interesting design of strokes in there. Yeah. I feel like if it had a black right there, like if it was a dark piece right there, I feel like it would sort of cut the painting too much. I think that's I why agree. I agree. That was a good it. decision. Yeah. See, it would almost move it something a little bit toward 50 or 50% mm -hmm. space, you know? And it just like made it go over that side. It was just like a choice. And even this white next to that blue that you put, that yellow, I call it white, but the yellow mixed right next to that blue that you pointed out earlier with your thing, mm -hmm. like leave it those, that's all part of like the early wash. Yeah, that's the canvas. And leaving those, what? That looks yeah. like the canvas. It is, yeah, it is for sure. Leaving those is like, oh, you know, giving up form for that piece. I think it carries some weight there that I not, I wasn't really willing to give up. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, and totally. That white, that really strong white dash next to it. I don't know. Maybe the one on the outside, I probably could have gotten rid of that border. <laughs> Some right. point though, when it's kind of working, you just go, oh man, I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I and love that one. And this one's also 48 by 48? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. This one 48 by 50, I think. 48 by 50 or 48 by 52. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are probably we well into like two plus hours, Rose. So, I know. yeah, this has been awesome. Right? Um, so I want to ask you, no, this was great. I mean, I could probably go three okay. more, but, um, yeah. we'll just have to do that. Maybe just me and this. you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to well, ask you we'll about your work though, Jeff, we'll just look at your work and I get to do all the, uh, let's the, do that. The, I'll do a, we could maybe even do that. Maybe I'll do a podcast where you interview me. It'll be about me. How about that? Oh my God. That'd be um, good, but I have to listen to your questions more before I do it, so then I know what to ask. <laughs> no, I don't think and so. And then I'll ask, I don't know what not to ask. I'll ask every other question you don't ask. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so I got two questions for you for to close. So one yeah. is, what's next? Like, what do you so, have big plans for new series? Or are you going to continue on what you're doing or what? So I've got, so I'm really excited right now. I have six months. Um, that I get to do whatever. I heard Kwong say this, and this is the same thing I kind of do. Mm -hmm. What I try to do is work hard, or like I did some commissions. I actually did a lot of commissions the last five years, right? And I like to save my money so I can actually take a break from anything and just paint whatever I want to paint. Like 
this is 2017. I that was a whole year where I had I kind of gave myself no obligations just to paint this show, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I've been adding. There's two or three new paintings to the series that's not that you don't have right on this thing. But but anyway, so there's new ones. The ones I just did last year are in here too. But but uh, so I like right now. I have six months of just doing whatever I want pretty much. That's awesome. A few obligations in the next six months, just a few, like three in October, in next September, October, you were like my only obligation. right now. Like doing this today, <laughs> Thank I'm you like, so oh, much. I gotta get this. I gotta get this Jeff thing done because it's like my only thing that has any stress in it. Everything else is just getting to work. <laughs> so, so what I'm doing right now is a, is another big incognito and I'm doing a Greek, a Greek vase. Okay, so mm-hmm. I have a, a Greek funeral vase is what I'm working a big piece with my figure incorporated in that. And I'm carving that one's going to be it's 72 by 104. Or Holy 114. cow. So it's pretty big. And it's all like it's in 10 different sections. And I'm right now I'm carving those sections to look a little it's wood. It's on wood. It's gonna be on panel. It's gonna look a little more like pottery. I'm like, I want it to make it look like a base that's been broken and reassembled a little but it's flat so that's my sorry i'm waving my hands Woo. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so i'm glad people couldn't see that the whole time they'd be dizzy sick <laughs> yeah. look at my paintings don't look at me but anyway um so that but i'm also i have this big piece that i've been working on since 2010 it's like i don't know do you have anything like that that you've been working on for a really oh, long time oh i've worked time? on paintings for Two, my longest was two and a half years. Um, what I mean is overtime. Like you, like I only get to work on this. It's like seven and a half foot by 11 foot. Mm-hmm. I've only been able to steal, like I worked on it three months for three months in 2020. Oh. Okay. Or two, you know, I worked on it for a month in 2020. And then it was like 2016 or 15 or 17 or no, probably. Oh, wow. 16, I was no, able I've to never had a painting like that months. before. Yeah, that wow. I have one of them. Yeah, that I only get to work on in bits and pieces. Why? It's a total. Why? Yeah, why well, can't because you work it's on so... it? Because I'm doing all kinds of other work. Oh, just it's just so big. You you just can't sacrifice that huge of a chunk of time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so but I have this little window right now maybe I have six months and I can put a good amount of time in. And I feel like I've finally grown up to the idea. Like, I think the idea was ahead of me as well. And so some of the early painting that I did, the early stuff is kind of kicking. It it's, needs to be re redone and mm-hmm. reworked. And so like um, someplace, some of the figures have to be moved and started over, you know, and they're, they're 11 figures in it in their life size. Right. So it's big. Oh, and, I can't and, wait to uh, see this one. Yeah, it's a complicated one. Really, really complex. I mean, it took me, I, it's all done. The guy posed for me from in my studio. It's all done from drawings I did this guy, right? And now I'm a much better draftsman too. Like I understand so much more than I did when I started it. And that's good. So I'm almost kind of glad I didn't get to work on it. But that's on my horizon since I'm trying to answer your question. Okay. But it's kind of fun. That's in there, you know. And I finally think I've figured out. But remember I was saying, I could keep going. I should shut up, right? No, this is great. Remember I was saying, like, so what color to make it? And you're like, what do you mean? You don't have a problem with color? This one, the question is, should I use color? 
Should I not use color? What colors? Because I'm totally making up this piece, right? This is like, should it be in a color family? Should it be outside of color? It, what family should it go in? Those are all decisions I have to make. Hmm. What families make it more pedestrian of colors? What color choices will make it more pedestrian? What color choices will make it more something else, you know, something more, which colors are closer to sort of representing some sort of theme that I could sort of generate with? Fair enough. Yeah. Those are the kind of questions. Yeah. That's what I mean by that's when color's hard. Okay. Like trying to try and what, where, where should I take that, those color choices? Because originally I was going to do, I had hot and cool meeting, right? And I had, and this piece has, I can't describe something you can't actually see, mm-hmm. but I'm breaking a rule. Okay. This is the rule I'm breaking. And you're running out of time. You're looking at a clock when you glance over and like, shut up. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, you're funny. Um, here's what I was doing. I lit one part of it from the, behind okay the figures are the movement goes from left to right like a like we read in english in america in in english right so i lit these guys from behind this way and i let lit these figures from this way and then i have this centralized figure coming from here that lighting right okay so so i'm lighting but are they supposed to be in the same space or is it more of uh they're all on the light it's one plane of existence we'll mm-hmm. describe it like that okay but lit from different sources is that enough. intentional or something you have to deal with that that was part of the metaphor oh okay part of the narrative right okay. part of the uh part of the thing and I'm, so like that's kind of that's wackadoodle right like yeah i've been interested in that idea because it's it's about time right so it's about time so light coming from but it isn't about light moving across space, but it's like things are being, this is the past, this is the future, this is the present. What, how am I lighting them? Oh, you know? that sounds cool. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's my first thing that I did to make it difficult. All right. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I did was, do I color that light? Right. Do I make it warm? Do I make it cool? Do I make it what, you know, does it, does it have color that light, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, so you're not talking about whether or not to use color in the painting in general, but whether the light has color. Yeah, there's one. And then then from that decision, does the color, painting have color in general? Oh, wow. Right. Really? Yeah. Those are all the things, those are all the things that have just been kicking me on this piece. Like what's that narrative? Like it's... what's that? That's that's when color becomes difficult for me. Fair enough? Yeah. Like I could so color becomes difficult when designing color is less than when observing color. Yes. Observing color is like your favorite dessert, you know? That's like just all you do get it just it's just you gorge on it, you know, if you get to if you get to. It's like favorite dessert without getting fat and without getting diabetes or any repercussions. You no know? downside. Just, what? No, <laughs> There's no, no downside. Sorry. No, 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 because it's just like getting it. Ooh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's just feed you feed you feed you the subject is just feeding you color choices it's awesome but thinking color that's different it lives in a different place no i agree with you actually it's really complex yeah and that's why well i shouldn't say that i think that there have been times where i've 
where I've really toyed around with thinking more in terms of uh, painting tonal and less yeah. color, just simply to be able to simplify my life for no other that's reason. Right. I can't right. bring myself so to I, do it because I'm so drawn to color. That's right. But tonal right. painting is so beautiful. Um, right. And I think, and oh, it would simplify my life so much. <laughs> but I'm right. like it's you. I'm like you, like color is like an addiction. I can't, I can't yeah. bring myself to do it. So I designed this recently. I reworked the design part of this year. I took like a couple of weeks and just reworked it, you know, and oh, I really, I did it. I did it where it was really biased toward just black and white. Mm -hmm. And I really fell in love with it, you know, and Chuck sees it and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get rid of the color problem altogether. I was going to make this really close, really close to just tone and form the minimal form, minimal color, you know, like basic I skin can't even color. imagine you doing that. I'd, I'd be, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think I could do it. Yeah. Oh, I, I know really you do. could do it. I just can't even picture yeah. you doing it, but I know you could. So do I, it. I, I was doing it. I was designing it and then I designed one using color. Okay. And putting layers and layers. I'm doing this in Photoshop layers and layers of things to get colors in like, really interesting church in France that I photographed, mm -hmm. take that, make that the color family, throw it in and see how that works. If I affect this whole design figured thing with that color, fair enough. Mm -hmm. See how I'm, how I'm making yeah. that choice. So I had that one up and then I had this other one to my brother, who's really great, uh, great eye. And he's an opera singer and he's, he's awesome. He came by and he's like, I was like, Oh, I'm really excited. I'm working on that. He's like, you're working on the painting. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm redesigning it. Blah, blah, blah. And I showed him the black and white one. He's like, hmm. and then I pushed the color. Like, you got to do the color one. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then Chuck, Chuck was biased toward it too, right? I'm like, oh, dang, maybe I'll do the color one instead. So I'm still a little bit out of question. I don't know. Do you get affected by people popping in? And I can't help but being affected. I wish I could say that I'm just this tough guy that doesn't get affected, but um, you the person who affects me the most is my wife. So we've been married 25 years, actually two days ago. And she's really sweet because she's learned to just not say anything because she knows it throws me totally for a loop, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there've been times where I remember one painting that is literally my, one of my favorite paintings and one of my most popular paintings with, and, and my whole career, the entire time I was painting it, this was before she decided that it was best just to be quiet. She kept telling me that the composition was all wrong. Composition was all wrong. And I kept fight. I kept pushing back and I did it the way I wanted to do it, but it was hard because I kept doubting myself because of what she had said. And, yeah. and it's one of my strongest paintings to date. And so I'm glad I didn't listen. But my point is, uh, yeah, it affected me. It like, even though, even though, I knew that it needed to stay the way it was day after day. I'm like, what if she's right? What if she's right? What if she's right? Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it affects me. Sometimes, sometimes it's really good to have somebody come in and do that because in a way I've, it makes me argue for my point of view. Do you know what I mean? Maybe the fact, let me just toss this in. Okay. Yeah. Let me just toss this in. Maybe because she did that and you probably didn't change the composition. But you, it forced you ultimately to believe in it more. 
like because you were resisting something. No, I think sense? I don't know that that was the case in this situation, but I have had that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Where you yeah. you just you it forces you to think about it more than you had before. And one of two things happens. You either become more adamant about your original decision or that, or you change way. your mind. Like yeah. either is good. Yeah. Either yeah. is good. Yeah. But in yeah. general, in general, I have a philosophy with my students and I, I expect the same thing from people that come in my studio. Like there are, I never, I never give my students input unless they ask for it. And mm -hmm. I never want yeah. input unless it's asked for, because there are times where yeah. I want it. And there are times when I just need to work through it myself. Yeah. You know, yeah I yeah, just, yeah. I don't want to be all flustered and confused. I just need to be, uh, just do it myself. I don't know how you yeah. feel about but that. In, but. Yeah. In defense of this, this scenario that I showed, I talked about, I did both of those designs. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was completely ambivalent. Like I, you know, I was falling in love with the black and white one, right? But I love the colored one too. Fair enough. And it's probably too big of a project to do both. <laughs> Shut up! You're joking, right? No, I'm serious. Is it's, it too big? It's seven and a half foot by eleven foot. Yeah. It's oh, too come big. on! What you got? I'm... What you got? Like forty years left of your life? You got time? Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure I do. But maybe I'll do it next week. <laughs> I'm painting. I am. This is this is really really like it is like intensely designed. No, it is I like know. layers layers and layers of design like tons and tons of designs mm -hmm. which i think is why it's not done because it's kind of daunting mm -hmm. i better be committed to it mm -hmm. you know you know what i mean anyway so that's yeah. what's on my horizon hope that can go on that's so long great about it. no not at all so the last question is so obviously you're a very experienced painter and we yeah. you kind of just touched on it but i just wanted to reinforce that that the project you talked about with painting all the people in your town was in the Smithsonian. Is it still in the Smithsonian? No, no, it just showed for eight months, but, but that's still, not bad. What, a, what an honor. And, and yeah, I would really kill great. for that opportunity. Every, every artist dreams to have a major museum and yours isn't just a major museum. It's the major museum showed yeah. that work for eight months. That's a huge, huge honor, yeah. which is well-deserved because you're the best. Oh, that's, oh but, stop. That's awesome. But it was really a big honor, to be honest. It yeah. kind of it kind of blew the top off my head. I yeah. can't even imagine. Not the sense that I got a big head about it, but it is almost it started so big. It's it's actually more of an understanding from your point of view, right? Mm -hmm. Than from my point of view. You know, like I don't I don't think oh I don't think I have had a show at the Smithsonian. You know what I mean? Well, and you still like, feel like just, the same person, but everyone looking in is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but you don't, yeah. but you know, the experience of it is like, oh, is it adequate? Is it good enough? Is it like you, all the same right. stuff? You have all those things like, did I do a good job or was it good? Were they happy with it? And was I happy with it? You know, all that right. kind of stuff is right. still there. The best part about it for me, if you talk about it from the point of view of like, this is a big deal, is this a big deal for my town? for the people who were in it. And that was really awesome. And it's also, it's probably good, really good for my career mm -hmm. too. Like, just like, but you're, you are not, you don't live your biography. Yeah. You live each day. Do you know what I mean? You're, oh, totally. You're, you're, the, the, uh, you're, you don't live your, what's it, your CV or your resume. That's yeah. not your experience. You still gotta get back to work the next day and make more paintings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also have to have something that you care about. Right. right. The biggest gift, the biggest gift that gave me was the, the sense 
of what was possible, like what one could do, like, or what it might mean to make um, the, uh, what's the word? It's an M word, your uh, magnum opus, like what it might mean, how it might feel to actually make a super important piece for you. You know, that experience is really, really helpful to make important pieces in your career is a really good experience. Fair hmm. enough. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I would love to underline that for a second. I know you're trying to answer. Ask no, no, go for it. But it, it, it's like you, like when you work on something like super, that sort of, sort of kind of marries a whole bunch of everything that you wish to say as an artist, as well as what you wish at that point, the skills that I had at the time, right? You marries all those things and you, you, it, it's something like that. Having a taste of what that is and experiencing that the creation of that piece like that makes you look at all the other work that you did or all the work around in your studio going, oh man, that is just like a little flip of painting. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, it definitely changes your idea of how to be identified with your work first off. And it doesn't mean that this piece is like, oh, perfect or great or anything like that, but it makes you see that, oh, you, you could work harder. You could do more. You could meet that. You could meet that moment again. You, these are, these are just sort of like, you know, sentences inside of par inside of a book rather than a paragraph or a chapter. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting, that's a really interesting taste to have. I, you know, that is a really good one to have. Like what could you do if you really go for something big or go for something major or go for something sort of all encompassing or something that's a complete, the way I like to describe portrait Coconut is kind of a complete idea. Like it had, it had layers and layers of ideas inside of it embedded in it. And then it got finished and it's like a complete piece. And what is even that, you know, a, like you see the incognito series, right? And I first dabbled, you know, that little boy against that wall in the blue, mm -hmm. that's 1989 right it's like that it's the first time i put a two three-dimensional person in front of a two-dimensional representation of them okay then i do it again in two, 2002 with the red one that you want we're going to talk about all right that one's called that's the first incognito and now i'm doing it again now that is like just bits but not a complete idea neat none of those paintings to me in a way they could be but none of them are really complete lead idea which is why i think they come like a series shows up in my work like see that's why series get what do you think about what i'm saying i'll tell you exactly what i'm thinking i'm thinking that i always thought a series had to be something that was done with a clear beginning and a clear end and you do nothing else until the series is finished which is ridiculous i'm like this is inspiring me um, to, I mean, it, I realized that I can personally can go back to stuff I did 20 years ago and flesh it out a little more. You I'm know? smiling because, yeah. because Jeff, I remember that decision, clearly making that decision in 2002. Yeah. Like I realized standing in my studio in New York that, Hey, why can't I revisit an yeah, old why idea? Not? I can't believe I've like, never thought of it. 
Is it ever complete? Was my first iteration and my only soul, soul dance with that subject or that idea, was that complete? Absolutely not. You know, it was not complete. So I could meet it again and I'm going to meet it with, I'm going to meet it with a different lens. I'm going to meet a different experience. I'm going to meet it with a different sort of even biases and tastes and preferences and stuff. But I'm also going to meet it with maybe more wisdom, maybe less wisdom, maybe more intuition, maybe less. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like, I'm like, I'm like, open yourself up to your past. It was really interesting because all of a sudden I had a bunch of really good ideas when I was too young to know how to paint them, you know, hmm. and didn't quite know. And I'm like, oh man, do that. Yeah. And even the one about the big one guy, that's connected to, if I really were to say the first time I touched on that idea, probably have notes about it in 19... 94. Mm -hmm. No right? kidding. Yeah. What was what I was trying, what I'm trying to go for this almost idea 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And I've been working on it. I haven't really been working on it, but I started to paint the actual canvas in 2010. Now we're looking at 15 years. See, that's enough. That if I get nothing at, well, I'm going to get a lot out of this podcast, but if I get nothing out of it, that's a gem right there. Cause I've, you just sort of lit a fire under me. Cause there's so many things that I've written off as, oh, I already did that. I can't go back to that. That's I don't right. know why we but put up these walls as artists. We, we, it's like, right. there's all the, we, we set all these parameters or maybe I'm the only one that does it. Although I did talk about this with Kwong too. Why do we keep bringing up Kwong? He's such a rock star, I guess, but yeah. um Yeah. But, I didn't see any other ones. If I see everybody else, I'll reference them too. Yeah, you know, no, he, his, but because he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have any boundaries. He just kind of does whatever he feels like doing. But yeah. but we tend to, or maybe just I tend to just make all these rules that are sort of uh, arbitrary and and yeah, not they're they're not real. They're yeah, yeah. and it's really good to discover them. Like yeah. that is that it, I mean that is one of the things I like about teaching is I learn rules that I learn I don't need to have. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because when you teach, you kind of teach like an idea about painting or something, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, why did that? Or even to think of even when I think about teaching, I can come up with rules that I've decided somehow in some place I learned to agree with that I could actually get rid of. And then well, I always find really interesting. You got like things way down, like layers down of rules mm -hmm. that you can like. Oh. I mean, when mm -hmm. you said the word tangent, I'm like, oh God, I forgot about tangent. <laughs> that was Which bad. you can break it if you want to. You don't have to. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of fun. Like, oh, that's a, that's a good old word that that came back in the past, you know. <laughs> and then I think about think somebody once pointed out to me how Vermeer like had all of these things lined up in layers of tangents, right? That actually did something to the piece and probably, probably in some ways adds this kind of interesting stillness. And I remember standing in the museum in New York and this guy who I just met probably at the museum. I don't even know how I knew that guy. Maybe I met him at some place down in the drawing class. And then I met him at the museum. Maybe I do know. I don't know. I only knew him. I only met him twice or three times. That's it. Never mm -hmm. saw him again. And he was just pointing them out to me and I'm like, Oh, wow. Right on. You know, never saw it until that. I don't think I've seen it either. Now I got to look it up. Which painting are you talking about? No, he was just, I don't remember, but he started pointing out how things flowed into one thing. Things were touching In to a Vermeer one thing. Painting. Things, 
interview me or paint like how hmm. he does that hmm. you know? just to sort of study them yeah really fascinating yeah that is but, interesting yeah. okay last right question is almost on a tangent on your shirt right now what's that you see it your finger's almost on a tangent on your shirt. Oh, right gosh. Now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Art, Art weirdos. Um, <laughs> is that, is that too weird? Let that me was just absolutely a tangent, and I'm completely ashamed of it. <laughs> I will never put my finger on my sleeve like that again. Yeah, just, since we, oh, I'm sorry. We got to end, but there's just something really fun. So, like, your headphones, you know, you got that purple that's jumping right between the space of the dark around your, between your hat and the band yeah, like of over your, here. on the other side. Yeah, that purple back there. Yeah. There, right there. I mean, at one point when I was talking to you, that purple was jumping like super forward in space. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, does he have does he have like one of those floating backgrounds coming around and it's making it do all this stuff? And then I think I put my glasses on, I was like, oh no, it's, he's got headphones on and that's not because <laughs> it was so <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, because that's really interesting about seeing, right? Uh huh. Like rules and seeing and tangents and and, and all. And you were thinking about that while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think is funny. <laughs> if you turn your head right now, you get purples on both sides, and that kind of equals it out. And I can yeah. Sort of <laughs> Typical spacey artist thinking about ten things at once, trying to. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so the last thing is the reason I brought up your show again is because there's probably going to be a fair number of people, as aspiring artists that watch this mm -hmm. and um, and they're going to and of course going to look up to you and what you've achieved and what you when you're and what you've achieved, not just in your career, but when your skills and your painting abilities, what piece of advice would you give if you could just think of one piece of advice that you wish you had? when you were aspiring to become a painter? Well, I guess the first thought that I had, but I don't know if it's really that original is be okay with failing. You, you know, you, you are not your painting, right? And there's a, a failed painting doesn't mean you shouldn't paint. Like a painting not working out the way you want it to be should be the last thing that stops you from painting, all right? you hmm. should paint anyway right anyway you know it's there's really yeah what do you think of that is that okay uh well i mean, it, I I mean I, let me put it this way it inspired me because that's really a difficult thing for at least for me i imagine for other artists where you you fail on a painting well i fail sometimes on a painting i'll go home at night and be like oh my gosh why am i even a painter yeah, why do well, I, I do, do that this? too? Yeah. yeah, which is why I know not to do it, right? Because yeah. we all do it. No, it's you great know, it's advice. Right there. It can kind of really kick you around a little bit, and it, it experience the kicking. I don't. I'm not saying you should avoid having that experience. Like if, even if you have that, I suck. I'm a painter, and I I suck, and I shouldn't paint, right? And you have that experience, you go home, and they're like, "Well, I shouldn't be a painter because." Rose says, don't have that experience. I'm like, no, you're going to have, you have that yeah, experience. Backfired. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you should have, you can, you're going to have that experience, but don't give it. We, my friend, Amy and I, Amy Barons and I are, we're, she's a great, she's an artist friend of mine from art school. We're talking about don't follow it with the second arrow, right? Don't. Right. So you have that thought, then don't give it more of your attention. Go, oh yeah, there it is. Rose says it's okay to have that one too. 
but you know, doesn't nothing, if this is something that you feel connected to, right? You, you should do it. You should do it. You should paint. And it, it failed not not having it turn out the way you wish it would turn out should not be what keeps you from keep what makes you put the brush down yeah. okay i don't mean just the brush i don't care if it's the carving tool or anything really you know that it takes a learning curve that's that's in fact that's the easiest part about learning how to paint isn't it learning how to paint is the most in a way it's the most romantic and fun it's the least painful. If you think it's painful when you're young, you think, oh, I'm never gonna get it. I'm horrible. Maybe I shouldn't be an artist, right? That's like the most, oh, please, let's just go back to that stuff. Right? Oh, I know. Yeah, and then you gotta figure when, out what to do with it once you figure it out. That's right. That's, that's the hard when, part. That's, that's the hard part, what you do. That's the hard part. But. The thing that you don't know, and this is what's so awesome, is that when you're learning any of it, you're eventually also learning what to do as well. Yeah. You see, there's a marriage, there's a hand in hand, and one supports the other. And really, the better your skill gets by failing and recovering and starting again and doing it more, the more options you'll have, more ideas, the more things you get to paint because the better your skills get, the more license you have. You'll see more ideas come to you. Mm -hmm. You can do anything. Corn goes right, you know. We should be able to do anything we feel like doing. You know, whatever impulse hits us is what I should get to do that day, you mm -hmm. know. Maybe there's some business stuff or like some, you know, maybe there's a few, you know, money people, things you have to make money for and stuff like that. Do that, you know, do it with full on 100% heart and attention and give your best always give your best then go do something else go do your work you know and yeah you know what i mean like mm -hmm. uh, no that's great advice that's yeah. great okay. advice and i okay. just wanted to point out that while you were giving that advice you had a tangent directly over your head yeah i was wondering <laughs> which one the white which one the white right on top of your head it was just intersecting yeah, but... the, the dome of your skull like perfectly so, yeah, right here. Yeah, so oh. it can happen to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jeff, you know what I know? What I know about my work is it's just full of all kinds of things that it could be hard. Better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like you're, you're thinking about this thing here, and that's all your focus. And here, this guy's over here going, "Hey, wait a minute, what about me?" And you didn't even notice it. And then, like five years later, you go, "Oh, how could I have not even seen that?" It's like, that's okay. Yeah. Eventually, the fact that you get there in five years is really awesome. Or maybe sometimes if you're really lucky, it's in five weeks or five days. Or, But that is awesome about mm -hmm. this thing. Mm -hmm. You yeah. keep getting, there's something, there's, you grow. It's so exciting. I mean, you, you, you get better if you put time in. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, it's Rose, I could talk to you for like, 10 hours straight <laughs> but thanks so much for doing this seriously you're yeah. the coolest i really appreciate you coming and we'll have yeah. to do it again sometime maybe uh maybe we could flip the roles like we talked about yeah yeah let's do that huh? all right and but um, I, I will questions. I'll listen to all your interviews and know what you think and from your from your <laughs> questions and then i'll try i really try to ask you something really trip you up there you go <laughs> i want to see i want to see what you look like when you're when you're when you're full of tangents 
And without <laughs> yeah. when, when I'm at my worst, just covered in tangents. Don't tangents. <laughs> well, I'll see you in person next spring. I think it's in March, yeah, yeah, yeah. toward the end of March. So until right. then, thanks again, Rose. You bet. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for thanks for watching. If anybody's still there. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the Undraped Artist Podcast. If you enjoyed it, subscribe. And if you could, leave a comment or review. That really helps the channel. Please share the show with your friends. And if you're feeling generous, consider a monthly donation at theundrapedartist.com. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next week.